I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 485. 480 and a five. Yes. Like a high five. A Woo! high five. Well, high five if you're here tonight. Speaking of which, got a couple of, uh, well, at least one OG on the docket and then uh, one who's been around uh, a number of times. And I'm talking about our special guest tonight. We're going to have Madison Walker joining us here in just a little while. Get caught up with her. And then also a real blast from the past. Again, one of the originals from way back around episode one, two, three. Uh, yeah, one of the early ones. If you go to the website, which hasn't been updated in a long time, the mm-hmm. smashbox.tv uh, website, I think he's still out there as one of our contributors. <laughs> well, he's going to contribute tonight. And of course, we're talking uh, about Dana Vichy. He never He'll leaves. He'll always be part of our show. Yes, he's forever Right here, one of our beloved Smashies. So looking forward to talking to both of them and getting caught up. Uh, Things running a little late, partially on my behalf here tonight. So we'll see when uh, Madison's around and available. She'll be able to just pop in and we'll uh, get started with her. Thanks for taking the blame on that one. Yeah, when when it is uh, on me, I will gladly take the blame. I'm not opposed to doing that. I know. Uh, So other things going on, well, of course... Sponsorship news and conversations continue to happen. Lots I don't of, think there's been a lot of major development. No, nothing confirmed, but just uh, rumors. I've seen a few rumors floating around out there. It, it's that's just, that's the time. Just saying. Uh, now is the time, and things will all probably come to a head and get answered in the next couple of weeks, as we know. Actually, New Year Madison's going to come on the show to actually just spill all the beans. She's going to tell us who everyone's going to be sponsored by next That's year. A good call. And then we can't get in trouble. That's a good call. All right. Well, without further ado, our very special guest, one of the hockeys, one of the two hockeys, Madison Walker. Uh-oh. Talk to the hand, girl. <laughs> so is it true you've come on the show to just spill all the beans on where everyone's going to be sponsored? No, this is disappointing for everyone, but I have no beans to spill. Like, no beans. <laughs> Some magic beans, maybe? Anything? 
<laughs> no, like zero beans in this house. <laughs> <laughs> like refried beans, maybe. Nope, nope. Oh, this nothing. is a bean-free house. <laughs> I bean- split peas. Split. Oh, that's close, but not quite. Do, wait a minute. To make a soup. Is this a war on beans? Do you actively dislike beans? Eh, we'll just say that me and Chipotle one time had a fight, and I've been bean free ever since. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> Still uh, paying those medical bills. It's <laughs> <laughs> still a court order. Uh, of the, no, the, the, the medical bills, but they're of the Chipotle employees that she had it out with. That's, that's maybe what it was. I don't know. No, in all seriousness, first of all, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Madison. Uh, one of the elements that I thought about in asking you to join us tonight was the way you approach the off season isn't necessarily uh, like everyone else. And I wanted to dive into that. I wanted to dig into that. And like, I feel like you off season maybe harder than anyone else. (laughs) What do you mean? Like, I you I think you can take what he's saying. He's saying, Madison, that you don't do much disc stuff in the off season. Oh you yeah, are, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you off season hard. Yeah, like you <laughs> yes. you are all in on the off season. So pretty much, yeah, yeah. Th- that's that was one of my thoughts uh, about you joining us tonight. Of course, that doesn't like lead me to prep any questions or anything, but that's one of my uh, angles here. So, when did the off season? When do you feel like it officially? began for you Mm -hmm. well this year i kind of i the season i don't know what was different about the season because it was the busiest one ever but this year i i left the season not feeling as overwhelmed as i normally do um because normally i'm like playing catch up and then i get home and i'm like kind of bumming at one of my parents house until i can find my own rental or whatever living situation i'm doing but this year i like was able to plan ahead i found a place before I got back home and was able to move straight into it and kind of like immediately start <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it actually, it actually took a little while for the off season to start this year. Cause I don't know, there was just a lot going on pretty immediately. We had like a ton of people in town because the tour ended in Charlotte and anyone heading Westbound was kind of like swooping down through here. You know, Tina and Eric are here. Paige is here, Missy and Tom just bought a house here. So like a lot of disc golfers kind of swooped through town. And um, so we, I, it was like the first few weeks were, were pretty busy um, instead of just being my normal, like I do like two to three weeks of just like couch, hermit, don't talk to anyone, <laughs> eat junk food. <laughs> like the occasional beach. I see, I, I follow you on Instagram. I see some oh, yeah. beach pictures. Yeah, and I've gotten to go. We've had a lot of good um, storms lately, so there's been a lot of surf. So I've gotten to surf more this off season than I normally have. Norm- again, like I'm usually like couch potato McGee for a couple weeks, but I've had like a nice amount of energy and been you know doing some hikes and paddles and yeah, surfing. It's been nice and good yeah, weather, and- warm. Yeah, with that, what what is the thing as you're winding down, maybe it's the last third of the year, the last quarter, whatever it is, and you really are thinking ahead, like maybe even too soon, you're thinking ahead about off-season. Mm-hmm. What does the off-season mean to you? Like, what's the, the thought of like, oh, God, I just can't wait for blank? Like, what is, is there any one thing? Uh, 
quiet, um, not not having a sh- uh, not necessarily a routine because I wouldn't say tour is routined necessarily. I mean, we you definitely have like your weeks laid out because we follow a pretty rigorous schedule. There's wasn't a lot of breaks this year. Um, if you play, played full time, which I end up playing full time because of commentary, because I have to be at all those events doing that uh, for the two hockey's, but. Um, I only took one, I think one week off this year from doing that. So, you know, by the time the off season gets here, I'm ready to just not have my days be so filled with having to be on, I guess, competing, you have to be on. And then we, I mean, me and Erica, well, Erica goes straight to vending. I started vending, vending a little bit more at the end of the year. So you're like talking to people, you know, autographs, photos, selling discs, and then you go straight into commentary and you have to be on for those, you know, few hours. And then, you know, you try to squeeze in dinner and bed. So it's, it's almost nice to just like not have any sort of structure at all. Wake up whenever you feel like it, you know, you don't have to force breakfast before your 7.30 a.m. tea time and then squeeze in lunch on the run. You know, it's, it's a little bit nicer to just, yeah, kind of fly by the seat of your pants. With all that being said, do you feel like people under downplay or underestimate what goes into your daily routine or you and Erica or, or any of our touring professionals, do people downplay it or do they realize most of what you just said? I mean, said? I don't know. I think maybe some people look at it as, as we're getting paid. So it is another job. And so, but at the same time, it's, I think trying to do both. I mean, it's a decision I make to do it all, but at the same time, yeah, I think it is downplayed. I think it is undervalued, but I think that comes along with, women's sports sadly like uh you know it's not it's just not quite as valued as as it should be and um but being in but to be honest like a lot of the fpo players and i'm sure a lot of the mpo players as well like um you kind of have to have multiple jobs to make make it work still um and especially with how expensive everything is so yeah i mean maybe it is undervalued and i don't know if people realize how much of a grind it is especially you know, that, that second half of the season was so heavily weighted, so many four day events, so many, you know, it goes like elite, elite plus elite, major, major elite, you know, it's like just all that back to back and all those four and five day events really do add up. So I don't know. It's, I don't, it's hard to know what people are really thinking. Cause I don't have time to consider that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care what anyone thinks because I can't. <laughs> no, I, I mean, there is an element of like you, staying in your lane, doing what you can do and either people mm-hmm. are on board uh, or not. And at the end of the day, right? Like that's all you can really be yeah. concerned about. And, yeah. and no matter what. And you I do, mean, me and Erica, me and Erica really do care. We, like, yes, of course, it's nice to have the added paycheck, but we, at the same time, we both kind of, we both kind of hold, grasp onto it a little bit too, because we, regardless of what anyone thinks about how, if they like us or whether our commentary is good to them or whatever, it doesn't really matter because we just want to make sure that it's done as well as we think it should be done. And we do it, we do it our absolute best and we put all our all in. So we want to just, we, it's hard to like imagine who would like kind of fill the slot because we just want to make sure it's taken care of. We want to make sure women's coverage is enjoyable and you know, the post-produced coverage. So it's, yeah, I don't know. Even, even if people don't like it, like I hope people understand that we do care a lot and we do try to, we try to make it, I don't know, enjoyable. So does that mean that we can probably count on you two next year as well for the hot geese? Um, Is that decided yet? No, I mean, there's still like talks happening and I had like a few things that, needed to change in order for me to do tour again. And it's kind of like, 
like I, I had like a kind of considered making a big change, like kind of a fork in the road, do something else. But um, I've talked to a few people, sponsors and just people whose advice I value and trying to look at it more as like, like a pivot or like a, I don't know, making some smaller changes instead of a huge change. Cause I can't, like, I can't do what I did the last couple of years. Again, I like, it's just not feasible. It's too much. It's, um, and for like, not, not quite enough money for too much time spent. So yeah, I'm going to try to make some changes and try to make the year a little bit less like a really grueling job. Um, and more like at least like a regular job <laughs> that just travels a lot. Hmm. Okay. Would, would, do you see a world and somebody's asking on the board, do you see a world where you guys would consider one of you doing it and the other not? Uh, you and Erica, when you're talking yeah, about we, I mean, we've talked there. about it. Okay. Yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, last year in the middle of the season when FPO kind of was sort of canceled for there for a second, like I, I had no problems really considering what life would look like maybe with a change just because, I don't know, I've, this disc golf was kind of like a, like a side quest that I followed for a really long time. And it's turned into like, you know, my whole life, but there's just other things I've always been interested in. So I hadn't, I was scared of course, but like, I had no problem like kind of looking around and Erica, you know, that raised the question of like, Oh, well, who would do this? And cause it is, it, you know, it's a, it's a whole other job and you, you're not going to find a lot of touring people that are willing to do that do both of them like there's just not it might be hard to find someone that wants to do both but who knows maybe not but we've, we've talked about it and just kind of thrown it up in the air but nothing serious if if we lived in a world where commentary was more than enough or enough or more than enough to be your exclusive or your main job your your main mm-hmm. role ooh, and let's just say you were still touring around, you were still, you know, going from event to event, and commentary was your main responsibility. That's the word I'm looking for. Would would that be enough for you? Uh, assuming it obviously paid enough, would? would yeah. Well, yeah. It, and right now, don't get me wrong; they do take care of us. Like, uh, like Jomez really did make sure to, to, especially he he wanted the FPO commentators to be taken care of like the same as the MPO commentator. So like we, we are taken care of. It's not, you know, it's, I, I don't know if I could do that as my only job, but it's, it, I was thrilled with how they um, like wrote our contracts for this year. Um, and the pro, you know, obviously with the pro tour acquisition, we'll, we'll see what next year looks like, but the, um, but yeah, if that was the only job, like, I think it could be with like a little more pay. I think it would be, it could be fine. That's kind of one of the ways I'm restructuring this year is potentially not playing as many events and focusing on commentary. And that way the, you know, I have those days off to, you know, I was having a hard time finding just like time to like get into the gym or even just like meal prep. Like I, you know, it was getting to the point where like come Saturday, I was like not finding time to like eat. So it was like, uh, so just like taking some weeks off to, polish up those skills that I haven't been able to polish because I've been moving so much and um, get into some better habits and then prepare and not be injured for tournaments that I really enjoy playing and, um, you know, being ready coming into those weeks instead of like scrambling and scrapping and being last minute. So yeah, that's one thing I've considered is focusing a lot on the commentary. It is probably my most feasible job right now. And I, I do like it. It's not anywhere I saw myself going, but you know, it's, it's fun. It's 
Well, (laughs) maybe it's one of those uh, rare instances where when it happens in Vegas, it doesn't stay there since you and Erica, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't invite you to my hotel room all for very legitimate reasons, (laughs) obviously. I'm sure uh, things you've all said before. Look what's unfolded. Uh, Here we are. That never happened. (laughs) (laughs) Nonetheless. uh, uh, Yeah, it it is. um, Well, I guess maybe even segueing into... You know, you think about doing commentary and and the hours that are required and the routine that's required, and then I think about uh, you know the more presence we've seen from vendors and from manufacturers at tournaments. It may not be mm-hmm. the MVP Open, but instead mm-hmm. it's at Idlewild, and there still may be a very legitimate uh, MVP representation there or, or wherever. Insert any event yeah. really. Uh, is is that something that whether MVP asked you or maybe you would present is is there more of some forward customer facing responsibilities that you think you would enjoy or or are you good with yeah, where your like I, line is drawn? Like I said, um, so Erica, like she is just the legitimate best for anyone that doesn't already isn't already a fan of Erica Sinchcomb, like get on the fan train and I'm biased because she's my favorite, but yeah, we tried really to get her, like, but she uh, was busy tonight actually working. And so you were available. And so... <laughs> <laughs> just... That's not surprising at all. I'm That's just like, kidding. That is I'm our relationship. <laughs> no, she's, she's like, she's call like... up Madison. She's probably just laying on the couch at home. Like, mm, uh. I am. <laughs> um, but she, but no, she's like, She's really good because she kind of she had some like low lower paying sponsorships being like a newer player on tour in the last few years and maybe not getting as like great of finishes in the first couple of years that she was out. And so she really had to scrap. You know, we've all heard it from touring pros having to scrap. But but she just is really good at putting in that time vending. And she has just like the coolest, most loyal little fan base ever and not necessarily for any other reason besides she's just the friendliest and very reliable and she's just always out there hanging with people and so she kind of people were starting to ask it's funny they would (laughs) they would ask where's your significant other or where's your partner and she's like are you guys talking about ian are you talking about my husband (laughs) where's your other half that's like the most common one Mm. and uh so she talked me into coming out and vending with her at the end of the year and once i started going out there and doing it i'm like oh this is actually really cool and i love that face-to-face time i used to love doing clinics i haven't had time to do those anymore but um but i really love going out doing that so yeah that's something i did talk to mvp about for next year is having a more discs with me, I don't ever carry stuff to sell on the road. I usually have pretty limited space, but I talked to MVP about potentially vending more next year. Um, not like something huge, like what we see Callie McMoran doing, like with Innova, just more like, I don't know, just a little bit of extra. Cause I, I do enjoy talking to people. I have fun and I don't know. People seem to really like coming and talking to the geese too together. Yeah. <laughs> they like to honk it up. Yeah. So- walking around USCGC, I heard a lot of people just yell honk when you guys were walking around together. Oh, so no, it's, I, it's like, I have to like really take a moment to reflect when it happens. Cause I'm like, never in my life did I see myself as an adult having people honking at me in a good way, like all over the place. Yeah. Uh, yeah fair <laughs> at enough. the Cascade I- challenge at the Cascade challenge this year in Washington. I, I mean, it was, I think it probably distracted everyone on the whole course. It had to have been 50 people honking all at one time. It was at, at like 8 a.m. It was unbelievable in the rain. 
That's just water off a duck's back. Hey, all. <laughs> oh with, with regard to touring <laughs> next year, uh, you talk about limited space. What is your tour plan? Because I feel like you maybe had a plan or you pivoted at some point. What What is your travel scenario situation? What does that all kind of look like? Um, uh, so I did, I did like the truck thing the last couple of years. I was going to do a, get a van, but they were really difficult to find. Um, I traveled with my friend Abby in the RV for a while and that was awesome, but RV parks started getting really, really expensive and it just didn't seem like as feasible anymore. It was just the expenses were so high. And then the gas, of course, too. So tried to do the van thing, but it was right during that pop right after the pandemic where everyone wanted to buy a van and build it out. Like mm-hmm. there, everyone was antsy to hit the road. Um, after being, you know, stuck in their houses. So I couldn't find one, but this year it seems a lot easier and I have a little bit more wiggle room financially. So I think I'm, if I do it again, I'm going to try to throw together some sort of van situation. And I think that'll take some of the, uh, some of the pressure off financially, like with lodging, especially in between tour stops. So yeah, that's, if, if I, you know, if I do it again, full time, that's going to be what it looks like. Uh, Gavin Rathbun selling his um and he's it's already in florida i believe yeah i know that yeah they they when i was down there a few weeks ago they had somebody put down like a 10 percent you know holder rate and then uh ultimately uh, i think the financing for that person uh didn't come through through. yeah it wasn't the uh, fact that it was a boy van uh well i i think there's been some i think (laughs) there's been some uh um, uh, female influence in there as well, but uh, yeah, I guess I, I haven't inspected. I, no I don't plan on Gavin. to. He's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't plan to, but um, anyway, I just know that's at least one of the vans that's out there and on the market. I feel like Kale's like yeah. buying or flipping, uh, you know, uh, RVs or something every other week too. Yeah, uh, maybe a 1984 Monster RV. Yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't need one of those? Six miles to the gallon. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It, perfect. It, if if that. Well. Uh, um. Yeah. So touring around, how how much of your, and I know you kind of just touched on it, but how much do you feel like your 2024 season's on lock? Whether maybe it's the events, I know you don't know maybe exactly where you're vending or not, but like just the events and, and the overall schedule, how much do you have that kind of locked in? N- not right now at all. I, I've, I've started talks with everybody. I'm a little bit behind. I had a, I don't know, just kind of a busy beginning of the off season. So it, everything got a little delayed, but um, but yeah, I mean, I bought my tour card. Um, and so I just got to make everything else. I'm kind of putting everything together right now and looking at what it looks like. So yeah, no, nothing set in stone. I do know it will be less play, less events that I'm playing in. I'm not going to like you know, maybe have a, as many drop events like I did last year. And I don't know. I really just want to prioritize taking care of my body. Cause I was b- battling some injuries that were overuse from, um, playing really, really long courses um, after long drives. So just like try to minimize those types of things. And along those lines, in terms of your injury, in terms of your overall health for playing and golfing, where are you right now? Are you, are you a nine and a half out of 10? I mean, are you, are you, do you feel like yeah, I'm you're good. fully I mean, inju- uh, healed? Uh, no, 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 but I'm not fully injured either. I, like I, it's, um, I, I, my finger is always going to be a thing, but I'm, I've started, I joined a gym finally. I've, I've never done that. <laughs> so, um, I've always done just like my own workouts at home, just like resistance stuff. But, 
Um, and not as much as I definitely should have been, but I joined a gym full time and trying to just like get into better shape just to make myself feel better. You know, we're all getting older. So yeah, trying to, to prioritize that and I can afford it. So, um, so yeah, well, I think that'll help with everything. I think most of my injuries were overuse and just from not maybe lifting weights as much as I should be. And I'm trying to stay on top of all that. So we'll see. I think if I minimize the amount of like just ripping distance drivers after again, like long car rides, like, like OTB, as much as I like that course, it is an absolute nightmare to drive that far and then get out and try to play that much. So, um, on that long of a course. So just try to like really make sure I don't make those kind of errors. Cause those, they, they don't last in serious injuries. They just cause some of those, you know, kind of bothersome two week injuries, you know, that will like take down your next two tournaments and it makes them not so great. It doesn't help. And then you're, you're finally back and yeah, then it's another long drive. <laughs> so, Does any of this lead you to maybe more international uh, trips next year? Working, yeah. I almost went otherwise? to Europe this year. Yeah. I almost went to Europe this year for my first time and I was super excited about it, but it fell through kind of last minute, which was a bummer, but um, I know there's like that the huge European swing this year, and I have the time and energy to like to plan if that's something that I'm interested in. And I've never been over over the pond. Besides, I went to Australia and what 2018 the Australian Open, 2017. I think you were there in 17 because I think I was in 18. Okay, I had gone in 18. when it was a major. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah the oh, so that's the only time I've been over any sea. So I would it would be cool to to play disc golf overseas again. Um, I really love the New Zealand thing that's happening with what that Luke and Juliana are doing and mm -hmm. Paul Oman and who else has jumped on. But, um, but that looks really cool. And I, I wish I could do that, but I was talking about it with Calvin the other day and it's like, it's so, it's looks so awesome and it looks like such a good uh, opportunity, but man, it's so nice to just be stationary for a second. It's so nice. Yeah. And, and, Understandably, as that excitement has grown, I think it's a four or five week overall uh, adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, similarly, we're seeing Southeast Asia uh, has now continues to grow oh. out in multiple ways. And, and there's oh, you been would three, know. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> been three or four events that I feel like have kind of been staples in that mm -hmm. area. And now everyone's kind of continues to sprawl and build around them, some a few weeks earlier, some a few weeks after. Awesome. And so the fact that we have all these options, and I think you were going to see people, you know, Shasta went over there a full few weeks ago already. <laughs> He's already back over there. He's going to continue to go, I think. Uh, you know, Stokely was there last year, and then, you know, we've had tons of other pros that have gone. I think we're going to continue. Just it's so much, uh, it's exotic, but it's also just so different and maybe yeah. not quite it's as cool high to see all stress. The yeah, it's cool to see all the different ways that you can kind of play disc golf now that are maybe seemed as valuable to your sponsors. Um, there's just like seems to be a few more different options depending on how it all looks, how it all works, what you can do while you're there. And yeah, it's pretty cool that well, there's like all these opportunities. I mean, eight, 10 years ago, it just wasn't like that. There was just one every sprinkled every once in a while. <laughs> exactly. And and I'll I'll double down on that and say I to follow exactly what you said. If you want to help expand your brand and have more eyeballs and just gain more fans, go to some of these things where mm -hmm. you're, you know, you may not be the biggest superstar in the States, uh, but when you go there, everybody's just going to love the idea of you being there at all, regardless of your star power. And I just, mm -hmm. I, it's so valuable for the brands, for all these players. And I just feel like enough of them still aren't taking advantage of it, wherever it might be. So, 
hopefully they'll yeah, and I think that's maybe a lot having to do with finances and also just like them being in the quote unquote off season. Like I think a lot of people by the time they get done with the season are re- really ready to cool their jets a little bit. Like it is the the way the se- the second half of the season. I know I already said this, but the way it was scheduled last year was just you are burnt out there at the end. Yeah, and imagine how it was almost going to be this upcoming year before they move Champions yeah. Cup. And I mean, the end of the season is always going to be weighted very heavy, just based on the fact that it's the end of the season. Everything's coming to a summation, totally. and you know, you've, you're always going to get basically the USCGC followed by the tour, the Pro Tour finale, as well as the playoff event. Yeah. So it's gonna, it's always well, honestly be this year. Tough. I don't know if it was just me. Could be just me. This could be like burnout talking to my brain, but I don't know. I felt like throw pink. I know it's a prestigious event and it's so big to win, but it almost felt like a little bit of a break or something. And that's not a challenge to the USDGC people to make the course harder. It's not what I'm saying. (laughs) It's like more like, uh, it's more like after having like, I think the elite pluses. And then we also had us women's at a pretty difficult course. I really liked the, the us women's course this year was awesome in North Carolina, but, um, Worlds and then the all the elite pluses. I think those types of events are are what's making it feel like more. Somehow those disc, disc golf pro tour elite plus events, like they ju- maybe just because they're four days at those, man, they feel just as big as a major almost. I think yeah, I think that's what they're shooting for. Yeah, which continues to bring up a lot of philosophical questions about how many days, how many rounds should majors be, mm-hmm. the elite pluses, pro tour uh, playoffs, all of these different factors and components, and then who's got the money to make it worthwhile and 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 what does that do to shorten the time span before and after them for you guys you know for the traveling for the mm-hmm. media for everybody else that's involved like it overall it's a pretty big undertaking for sure uh so i guess you've already maybe hit on uh, another loose topic of sponsorship that's obviously a big thing for a lot of the players right now lots of free agents and people renewing or not and shifting you mentioned mvp uh, where, where are you in terms of a contract or not? And well, give us all the details. I mean, I'm in talks. I'm in talks with MVP, but I mean, I really, it's been chaotic the last couple of years. I think any, you took a talk to anyone at MVP and they'll tell you it's pretty crazy over there right now with Simon. Um, he definitely, I think, I mean, I, I think they knew that it was going to be a big deal, but I don't think they realized just how many discs they were going to sell. So um, it's, it was crazy this year to just be on that, to be on that team. You definitely, yeah, you, you just, you were kind of just like a sideshow um, <laughs> to, the, to the main show. Um, so it was, it was interesting, but I really do like those people a lot. I have enjoyed working with them. Um, you know, the, I, I really, I just really like the MVP team. I really like the gyro fans and like, I don't know. The discs are pretty awesome too. I really enjoy throwing them. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm happy there, even though it was a little bit crazy the last year or two, but, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. We just, just kind of re rephrasing what it all looks like just to try to make it a little bit more, not, not as stressful. Yeah. And you may or may not have a new teammate or two is the rumor. That's what I hear. I just heard that today. What, what mm. can you tell me these rumors? I I don't, I don't know of any sure. rumors. Sure, I'll spill all the rumors. Oh, Johnny I heard. knows them. Okay. Yeah, I've let heard. me just hear the goss. All right, the hot gossip. Um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll save MVP for last. I heard Chris Clemens and Hannah to Discraft. Ooh, okay. Someone said they saw his his van outside. The Did they already officially leave their place? I, I haven't been looking done. or watching. Nobody's officially done anything yet. So these are literally okay. all just rumors. Um, okay. 
And, and but no one, none of these people have announced leaving yet. These zero, are just... zero. These are all okay, rumors. Got it, got it. Um, Chris Clemens did change his Instagram profile. I think he it was DD Clemens, and I think it's just Clemens or something. Yeah, Clemenade, yeah, yeah, something like that. So uh, that could just be him, you know, just changing stuff up. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Uh, I think uh, Brody had said something about Eagle to MVP. Sure. I saw that on the MVP, the team MVP little board today. Someone posted it like, what is this? Yeah. Um, Well, Eagle was spotted, allegedly spotted. The the picture I saw, I'm going to, I'll get into it. The picture picture I saw was Eagle allegedly at a airport on a one-way flight that was, or a nonstop flight going to Michigan. Like, we're like full blown paparazzi uh, now, pretty Isn't much. Isn't that where Discraft is too? Oh my gosh! What? Discraft, no way! Huh? Huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, somebody posted that. Maybe that's uh, the closest airport he could get to Gateway. Uh, that that's true. I mean, you just know, a little just jaunt down to St. <laughs> Louis. St. Louis from there. I mean, <laughs> uh, I hear they're looking for a big player. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, okay. I'm trying to think, who else is? Um, obviously, the rumors are all Gannon and Discmania still, but that's those are like. Old or that Gannon's got lots of options. Yeah, Gannon's got lots of options, but that's those are the rumors mm-hmm. that are yeah, still yeah. proceeding from last year. Wait, even Gannon, who? Um, Missy, Missy, mi- yeah, Missy Gannon, yeah, Gannon. <laughs> I think of the Missy kind, Gannon Rathbun. Yeah, G- Gannon, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, if I was a Gavin, I'd probably just change my name to Gannon and hope for a better contract. <laughs> uh, uh, Luke, Luke uh, released her own. Yep. She's doing her own YouTube now and uh, had just announced saying, "Hey, I'm you know, yes, I'm I'm no longer with Prodigy, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to try and get my." I saw that. And um, she tagged Latitude 64 in that post, as well as Innova and Discraft. Really? But she still tagged it in there. I mean, mm, just to keep them guessing. <laughs> just to keep them guessing. So. I, I mean, she could be still fielding offers. And, and sure. in all fairness, I think her situation, I, I'm sure, is largely uh, predicated upon getting that you know four or five year athlete <laughs> the visa. Sports visa, yeah. Because that that may very much determine what a contract is going to look like that gets offered to you if you think Definitely. you're able to travel or not. So. Yeah, uh, those are a few. Is there any other ones that? Uh... And then, yeah, Madison Walker. Like, what is Madison that's doing? That's the big. That's the big question. That's what nothing. we had to have you. <laughs> She's sitting on her Literally couch watching nothing. Netflix. <laughs> I actually just watched Stop Making Sense again. It was great. Okay. Stop making sense. What is that? The Talking Heads. Oh, Talking the Heads live oh, show. They're... Oh, their live show, their kind of documentary yeah. okay. from the eighties. Yes, yeah, I yeah. saw. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never watched the whole thing. So. Oh, it's great. You should watch it. I maybe I will. My wife and, and I'm, I are I'm painting fans. Christmas cards, having some uh yeah, doing catching up on Christmas stuff like we all are right now. Mm-hmm. Tell, please. Oh, man. You're painting Christmas cards. Is that what you just said? Yeah. Like yeah. I so love that. I worry or wonder. <laughs> I worry. Do yeah, I worry people don't fully appreciate Do they appreciate will they appreciate that? I guess if you're sending well, it to Yeah, them. I mean yeah, it's you know I'm doing it for family, so they they all know. Oh yeah, they all then know. You have to get them a gift. Okay, then, I, I see where you're going. With this. Good idea. <laughs> no, <laughs> look how much I'm love still, is in I this. I still get gifts. Yeah, all my gifts are homemade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm on tour, bracelet. mom. Leave me alone. <laughs> hey, mom, it's another Madison Walker disc. <laughs> look, I made you a book of coupons. What well, good for one? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> one free Thank hug, you. one free vacuum of the hot geese. That's right. <laughs> it's a hug from Erica. <laughs> yeah, she'll actually deliver. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, F- Florida, kind of big news in the sense that the tour. Mm-hmm. Kicking off in Florida this year, All Star Weekend, all that other stuff. Uh, the, the the place where you and I, I think, first hung out was in fact Throw Down the Mountain. We're going to see that now officially yeah. uh, on the tour. Uh, how how do you uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's last minute, but it's awesome. I love the Grand Canyon. Um, I haven't got to play there in a few years because it's always at the same time as. Waco or something. Some it's other, just yeah, during one Texas of the tour event. events, or it's like sandwiched close enough where the travel just doesn't make sense. It's just a little too expensive, and yeah. So um, I'm excited to be back there. I really love playing that course. I think it's so much fun, and it's it's about time we have a tour event in Florida too. I know we used to have the Jacksonville Open at the end of the year, or the uh, is that what they called it back then? Yeah, it's been called a few different things. Oh. The, well, the Pro Tour Championship Pro Tour at, Jack, at yeah, New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. New World. Oh, um, New World so, one, yeah. And New World, I mean, yeah, yeah. The um, New Hope, LOL, nerd. But um, the, <laughs> um, but the, uh, the, yeah, I'm excited to have an event in Florida. And if we're going to have it somewhere in Florida, I mean, I do love Tallahassee. I'm always going to shout out Tallahassee. And the, the Tallahassee Disc Golf team is so awesome. And I wish we were playing events there. But um, but yeah, I'm excited to have an event at the Grand Canyon. It's a really cool course, and it's a really pretty part of Florida. So yeah, yeah, it, uh, it it's going to be exciting. The fact that we've seen that place grow, and obviously, you go way back into yester decade with Hasfeld and everyone else that was there. You know, in the kind of version one, and then version two with what Barnett's done over the last decade, and now here we are seeing it. You know, transition into yet another. Uh, form it's going to be awesome to see for sure is there is are there... you distracted madison you're side eyeing no sorry <laughs> no, no sorry i was talking to someone <laughs> is there anything off the tour that you are absolutely hitting next year like that's not tour related um, like a concert a festival uh whatever well there's the the clips um so i i haven't planned it yet but that's top of my list to plan because i did i got to go to the uh, like on the path of totality of the last full eclipse that we had Mm -hmm. um and i will not miss it again if i you know if i can go so gonna plan that out and then um yeah i i I always try to go to the virginia team invitational vti Mm Um, I had to miss it a couple of years because I I put a lot of pressure on myself to play every single event, especially ones that I think that I'll do well at, which is like wooded disc golf and uh, VTI was during uh, I don't remember last year. I think it's usually during Waco, so I'll I'll skip it sometimes, but I don't want to skip it because I love that event and that will be top of my priority list regardless of travel expense. I do not care. Um, but yeah, other than that, nothing super high. There's some there's some destination courses like in Oregon what's the what's the course in Oregon called let's, let's see the one that has like oh, a fun yeah uh, tournament at it with a river yeah, the doubles uh I don't believe I can think yes. of it either but yeah that's the you one know that what Sexton and his brother play in all the time everybody camps yep. I can see yep. it but I can't I really, think of the name of it but yeah I would really like to Whistler's make Bend. it to that Whistler's, Whistler's Bend yeah so um that's been on the top of my list for a while so yeah those and then i mean i have been just trying to get to alaska for so long now so it would be really cool to plan a little alaska stint okay what 
being as traveled and as as adventurous and experienced as you've been these last few years, what was what was the off course highlight of twenty twenty three? Ooh, 2023, there wasn't, we didn't have as much time off. And when we did have time off, it was spent, I had some car troubles. And then we also, during the time off I had in Montana, we, that's when tour got kind of canceled for a second. So it wasn't quite as relaxed last year, but during that time off, uh, me and Erica and, uh, our friend Abby and my sister got to do a three day or, or a four day river trip, um, on, what uh some one of the rivers in montana and camping and that was really awesome it was a great trip a nice four day three night paddle um down some little whitewater rivers in backcountry montana so i'd say i'd say that was the best um everything else was we were, we were running pretty pretty fast and hard and not if i had a day off it was just one day here and there i didn't get to do any as many grand adventures as i normally do which was a bummer but that's why i'm trying to make some changes so if I flip that question around and say, what what will you be okay with skipping or avoiding um, in in the upcoming years where it's like, eh, maybe I saw that, experienced it, tried it, went there, whatever. What's one thing you're like, yeah, yeah, that I, I don't I don't need to go back. I don't need to be there. Um, I you know I I really don't love golf courses. I don't like those the super super wide open ones, especially where there's wind. Um it's so it's like it probably won't play as many of those types of courses um the four week stretch in texas really just uh, deflates my balloon (laughs) it excites you okay no no that's okay no i mean i'm excited about u.s women's in austin i think that will be awesome the austin disc golf community is so cool and don't get me wrong those communities rule it's just like um i thought the open at austin last year that course i didn't i didn't love um i could probably do without playing waco again this year so i might take a few less weeks in austin um ddo i I really like a lot of the people in emporia but like i could just do without playing that event um um yeah the even the the portland open glendavere is not my not my jam but Mm -hmm. so there's a few that i have in my mind as not going to i will not miss northwoods black i i love that course i'm so excited we get to play it more next year Idlewild, i will never miss that course ever um love the green mountain stuff as well or the uh, up in vermont but yeah so okay still haven't quite decided you can tell it's a little messy in my brain right now well i i think i think you know kind of going on what you were saying is finding that balance of maybe courses that either don't suit you or aren't your favorite and then mixing mm-hmm. that in with hey those are the weeks i'm happy to take off and focus my attention in other places even if that means doing nothing or relaxing so to speak or finding a way to relax i mean i'll be just going to the gym and making sure i'm eating right and and just like kind of working on the parts of my game that will cater to other events because it really is a stark contrast at a lot of the events like there's a reason we see some kind of flip-flopping at the top i mean obviously we have the the beautiful freaks Kristen Tatar that can place well anywhere, anytime, but there's, you know, there's not necessarily that you'll, if you look at the, you know, the rest of the field, it's like, you can see the people that do better on those like wooded courses versus the people that do better on the long open courses versus people who do better in the wind. Like it's pretty, there's some patterns. Yeah. No, and then that, I think that makes perfect sense. And again, that experience is what comes into it. And if, 
if uh, Portland is as great as the disc golf community might be for you or for all of us, and it is truly, I think that was one of the largest turnouts of all of the mm-hmm. fans and spectators. And the courses are beautiful too. They're, it, yeah. I mean, it's they're lovely. Exactly. So it's just a matter of like, does it suit you, and does it personally uh, interest you or not? And I, I think a lot of our players will continue to uh, make those decisions uh, accordingly. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Speaking of making decisions, just curious, real quick, uh, did you vote for Kristen to not be Player of the Year? Yeah, and yeah, I voted for myself. Okay, that's a good plan. Good. Now we got (laughs) we got one of the five figured out. Yes, since there's an official witch hunt. There are people that didn't. There are. There's apparently four. Someone said four or five. I think it's five. Five FPO players. (laughs) We assume they're FPO because did only FPO. Could you? Do you know if you? Do you remember if you could vote for MPO players of the year or not? You remember if you did? No. Okay, so yes, I don't, I don't presumably there are five FPO players that seemingly did not vote for Kristen, and there's an official witch hunt out by another uh, podcast, Brody and Yuli, uh, who uh, want to find out <laughs> and names. and. Uh, uh, I feel like I feel like Holland and Ella people. voted for each other as like a blood pact. Like I'll vote for you if you vote for me. <laughs> okay, so that that may or may not be two of them. Now the world, now we're gonna set the world back on fire to, by bringing the conversation back up. Just so you know, I I did that. That's on me. But yeah, there there's an official hunt to figure out which, who the five are, so. which is so silly because I think it should be. I mean, I guess just like any other election, maybe. Um, I I I understand that. She was the number one player. Personally, that's fine. If you have a, a difference of opinion, I think you have a right to that. I, I don't necessarily wouldn't agree with you, but I also think that the voting should be private. There's no reason that, which, which it is. I, uh, it to is be fair. Yeah, yeah. And, and no one should. No one should even like. It, it'd be silly to try to dig up who it was. It just feels. I, I feel like you're you're asking for trouble. Yeah. It's know. not. I feel like it's not really relevant. I feel like whoever whoever did do it, pro- it was probably kind of in a jokey way. Because I mean, I think everyone just kind of knew who was gonna mm-hmm. gonna yeah. come out with it on the FPO side. Like it was not. There was no argument. So it's just like, oh, if I put something funny in there, or like whatever, just something that's not Kristen, it's not even gonna matter. Yeah. Because everyone everyone's going with Kristen on the uh- media side and. The player side. Correct. And it was 100% on the media side. And everything mm-hmm. you just said, uh, I think, is probably in line with how it went down. I think the... the I'm surprised counter- it was five people, though. That's it's, I would have guessed, like, two, you know? The, uh, the counter-argument to that is, well, then we... The world should be holding those five people, whether it was a joke or not. The world should be holding those five people accountable. That's where really where I think Brody's coming from is that like mm-hmm. let's get them accountable and and you know revoke their voting in the future or whatever if you're not going to take it serious. And I can I yeah. totally understand that perspective. Unfortunately, I feel at this point though it went from that perspective to now like like let's get our pitchforks out and hunt these people down. It just feels like it's become <laughs> well, it's, too much. It's that's, funny. That's, like, that's my as, take. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause as someone who's like kind of watched all of this blossom, you, Terry you, and Johnny V, both of y'all have as well, but at, from like a pro, a touring pro that has been doing this for a long time. Like we just started having these kind of like votes. Like this is all so new. And like, of course we should take it seriously. Of course. But at the same time, the way disc golf is, is we have this kind of weird, I don't know, thing where we can kind of joke around a little bit more. And I don't mean necessarily not take it seriously because there is some serious money. There are some serious sponsorship dollars. Like, you know, everything is serious. It's a real sport. We are all taking it very seriously. But at the same time, the cool thing about disc golf is there is kind of that like inside joke 
thing right now where we it's such a small or came from such a small community so recently and it grew so big so recently that I think that people are still kind of in that like oh we're disc golfers oh this is our own little private club oh we have inside jokes with each other and you almost have those with the you know the mm. peep the fans as well like everyone's mm-hmm. kind of in on it and it make, it's kind of cool i kind of like that about disc golf and so like pitchfork that's like seems like a little much it does need to be serious of course because we are get like we're well on our way to being very serious we already are in a lot of ways but we definitely still have that like disc golfers as we have our we're like our own little like you know club of inside jokes with well, our fans I, with everyone I, and I, I think part of the argument is that it should be taken seriously in that Tatar, uh, uh, I'm going to mess up the pronunciation this time because it's coming out, um, that she had arguably one of the greatest seasons in, in recent history. I mean, you can obviously mm-hmm. make, mm-hmm. you could go back and look at some of Val's seasons, some of Juliana's seasons in the past, and you could you could definitely, maybe even some of Paige's seasons, you could hold a candle up to some of them and look at how they would balance. So if you want to make that argument, that's another thing. But that next year, when the battle is closer and she wins mm-hmm. that this year, it's not going to be, you it, can't it, joke about it. Yeah. That and that this year should yeah. be almost exempt from jokes because it was the best season. And you know, if she's not mm-hmm. unanimous this year, then what's the point? Like I can, I, I don't agree with it, but I can see where someone would come from that perspective. But I don't yeah. know. I mean, winner, well, it's winner, weird. it's weird to have the, like the player votes. That's like, again, that's pretty new. We, we went, when was the, yeah. I don't even know when the first time we did player votes was like, that might've been last year. Um, and so the fact that we're doing it is new. And the fact that they're releasing the percentages of what everyone voted is mm-hmm. so new too. That's, I think a lot of people, when they make these votes are assuming just extreme anonymity. And so like, I don't know, I, I do agree. It should be taken seriously because if it is a closer battle, like that, those five votes are going to matter, but yeah, just remember growing pains and everyone's kind of learning how to be serious. Or well, something. the other thing I think is like from the perspective of people looking at it, like, well, this, you know, if it's not this season where she gets unanimous, it should never be the way I look at it next year or the year after it's going to be a wholly, a, a totally different voting system. Cause if there's one thing mm-hmm. you can count oh, yeah. on for the pro Definitely. tour is that they're constantly changing. You know, you can, mm-hmm. you can definitely assume that next year, you know, we already have 2024, but I bet you in 2025, all the points are going to be different for pro tour versus major. Like it's just the, the pro tour is finding itself and that's fine. Yeah. We constantly change this year. There was a media and a percentage and next year it might be weighted differently. It might be, there could be next some fan, be fan vote. vote. In there. Yeah, exactly. There yeah. could be a small portion of fan vote. Like it just, it's one of those things that, you know, is it any different if Tatar next year gets you know, she wins like she does this year and she gets 89% of the fan vote versus. Yeah. The other just, thing is too, is like, I wonder, eh. I wonder if they're like making sure that every single player votes because you know, like I feel like we struggle sometimes with making sure that everyone is even included. Sometimes people just, you know, they don't get the memo and cause it, to be a touring pro, you didn't have to answer your email three years ago. You know, you didn't, you didn't even <laughs> have to have an email address. I'm pretty sure Matteo just got an email address this year. Like it just, you could get by without being so involved. And now we have to be involved. It's part of your job. So, and it's in our contract with the pro tour. Uh, when we get our tour cards, that, like this is our job now. This We have to be a part of this. So yeah, I, I think before they even start trying to make people take it seriously, I think we should make sure that everyone is even involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's certainly been a, another rebuttal that's been floated out. There is 
did they take it? Did a few people not take it as seriously as as they could have, or did some people flat out misread or misinterpret something, or or like or you just said, not take it? So like like out of the fifty whatever players that were supposed to take it, only thirty did. So now the percentage looks like it's more people that said something weird. You know, I yeah. There's there's I a don't lot. Know. It's funny you say that we we aren't in a position of taking ourselves too seriously yet. Um, here within disc golf and you're part of the two hot geese as our mm-hmm. commentary team, like mm-hmm. two hot geese is like, that's literally, and yep. there's nothing more serious than that. There, yeah, it's like, and, it's like a, it is like a big inside joke. Like exactly. that just grew. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So I, 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 I love that sense of uh, perspective that you've put on it. And I do, I can't say it enough. I do feel like, yes, of course this is serious, but, it's not pitchfork serious. And I guess yeah, that's, it's, that's no, my takeaway. And it, I mean, it's literally been three years since this all is the way it is now. Like it, we're all still figuring it out and you know, it, it'll, it'll come. We'll get there. All right. Well, we'll get there. We, <laughs> we would love for you now, as we're going to let you go, we're going to let, uh, have, ask you please, if you wish to uh, shout out any sponsors, whether they're last year's or maybe upcoming ones for next year, or sponsors you might be looking for or some other kind Mm -hmm. of necessity that you're in search of that you would really like a blank sponsor to help you with such and such. Uh, Let's hear it all, and then you can tell us how they should follow follow along with your journey. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I haven't done this in a while. Um, Well, we already talked about MVP. Obviously, they they were – they were great. They will be great. They are always trying to be better. So that's what makes them awesome and different from some sponsors I've had. So um, the, the Jomez, they did, they really did. It was cool. We, we loved working with GK. We, Terry, we of course love working with you. Um, Jomez was, they did great this year. They really did take care of us um, on the FPO side. It was, it was nice that they stepped up when it was time. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, Upper Park has been, I've been with them for my every bit of my 10 years. Um, it's changed dramatically. It still is changing, but I really still enjoy working with that team of people. I just renewed my whale sex um, sponsorship. Tina is wonderful. She is such a great team manager. She's got Erica managing her team as well. So they're great to work with. And uh, this golf strong. He's always been one of my sponsors as well. So um, yeah, Seth Munsey rules. And he basically has just given me just hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of advice and training and all that kind of stuff for free. So just to help. So I really appreciate him help keeping me mentally strong. And yeah, I think that's it. My friends awesome. and you, Terry and you, Johnny V. Thanks for having me. Keep me relevant. Of we're, course, well, we, we do what we can. I mean, we're not magicians here, but we'll do what we can to help, to help out. I can't wait to wake up to 100 new Instagram followers tomorrow. Ooh. Uh, let's hope so. Uh, anything that you could be, before we let you go, anything that you could also, outside of a gas card, because I think that would be everyone's default answer, an unlimited gas card, any sponsor or need that you could still, would love to fill? Um. Like serious ones or like dream ones? Uh, spit it out. I mean, you got to put it out in the world, right? <laughs> I mean, who knows? Um, so a private jet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, private jets. That is like my, uh, one, that is like my one bougie thing. Chef. Is like if I could have someone just chef. No, no, not a jet. 
Who am oh, I? Do, what do I look like? I Taylor said... Swift? <laughs> yeah, no. no, no, you don't. Uh, so <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> no, the um, no, a private chef. chef. That's like my. I would love to have uh, just like good food. I I really just hate eating out. After ten mm-hmm. years of doing it nonstop, it's like the worst. Um, but um, yeah, like basically mail order cookies, just like homemade chocolate chip cookies. I'm looking for that sponsor. I don't know what that looks like, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think those are the two main ones. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, the chef hardest and, oh, and a baker. I forgot to shout out my newest sponsor this year too, flight factory. They are the best. They sponsor Calvin too. Um, and he, Ryan scooped me up as a local and I cannot believe I forgot to shout him out because he's just like the easiest and best to work with in the entire world. And if you want to buy discs, go buy him from flight factory. And I'm saying that because he's like, it's like a small business and he takes good care. So I feel like a turd that I forgot, but yeah, Fight Factory. Um, and cause he's got, he's got everything covered with like, um, all the little stuff that you could want, mm. you know, like water bottles, stickers, minis, clothing, Chairs, all that umbrella, stuff. Clothing. Yeah. He takes care of all of that. So you, it's like all the other sponsorships I could try to think of that I need. I can't, he like, he like does it all. And he does it really well. And he, yeah, he, he's just the best. So, yeah, I can't I can't think of anything else besides cookies and food. Cookies and food. I mean, Chef Aaron, I think, might still be on the board. I know he was going to try and uh, follow around the Pro Tour. He's also been over to Thailand a few times. And uh, I don't know. I think he's been a chef at one point for Prince. And uh, he, he's in here. <laughs> uh, he's in the wow. board tonight. No so, Prince. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, connect some dots here for us. Anything's possible. Even if it was just one meal. One meal. Chef Aaron. I don't know, Aaron. Aaron, maybe we'll pipe back in. I saw him I'm like, uh, type in earlier. So, What kind of cookies I'm do you I'm the want? biggest Prince fan ever. I like all of them, really. It's, I, chocolate chip's my favorite basic, but it's delicious. But mm-hmm. um, I like all of them. I'm, really, I can't. I'm not picky about it at all. Okay. Just all that would be the hardest thing to be getting you cookies. getting you cookies. I bet we could we could get enough people to send you cookies every week. The question is how <laughs> you know. Yeah, and 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 would you, if it weren't homemade, would you accept Crumble, for instance, who's clearly growing? In no, life? no. Okay, F them. Corporate no. Crumble. Hard no. Crumble. I mean, Hell. Crumble are delicious, no, but you, but you want homemade. No, she doesn't. Crumble's not my fave. I don't uh, love them. No, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. It's not my not my type of cookie, but if I'm gonna get like a cookie, just like last minute, I feel like grocery store cookies are kind of good. Usually, mm-hmm. you can get them like pretty freshly made, and I don't I don't hate them. Um, but yeah, no, you don't want any from, um, Mackenzie, my daughter, she, she and her friend were making cookies a few nights ago. They didn't hit the mark quite. What's wrong with them? I I don't know. They were definitely flat. Salty. Did they use like baking soda instead of baking powder? I don't know what they did. Um, I've, I've seen that. They, yeah, after trying one, I almost instantly had heartburn, which says a lot because I like a lot of spicy stuff. But I don't, I don't spicy. know. Yeah, the cookie wasn't spicy, but it gave me heartburn almost instantly. So they're she's they're working on it. They're probably hmm. making cookies as we speak. So when she perfects oh, them, I'll try to get some cookies to you via Mackenzie. Oh my god, I would be honored to get some from Mackenzie. Yeah. Also, give give your daughters their own show already. Or like, let let them host Smashbox one night. <laughs> they they are welcome uh, anytime, mm-hmm. 
And uh, let's let him get through school. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. One's got a chance. The other one. <laughs> I mean, they both have a chance, but one's a little bit better than the other. <laughs> anyway. All right, Madison. Well, we thank you so much for joining. Shoe sponsor. I got to throw that in. Shoes? Oh. I mean, yeah. Okay. That is a, that would be a dream. Ultra. I wear ultra okay. shoes. I do, I tag them all the time in my posts. I still haven't gotten noticed, but it's okay. I love their shoes so much. I think they're, I think they're trail running shoes, but okay. they're, um, uh, most of them are zero drop and that's just, you, you can't really get that from like a, like Merrill or, you know, a lot of the other outdoor like trail running shoes, Okay. but I just love those shoes so much. They're great for disc golf because they're like nice and wide and flat. Um, so it's just great for pivoting. You're not up on a little point, but I, yeah, those shoes are the best and well, they, but they're it, expensive. They're like $150 shoes and you just run through them just, you know, blowing your toe out, dragging it on the tee pad. So yeah, they, it gets pricey, but it's worth it because they make your ankles and knees feel great. Well, and if anyone's listening to this and they have an Instagram account, tag Madison, tag ultra, yep. let's get this happening. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Ultra running. <laughs> All right, everyone. That is Madison Walker. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh, We wish you and your whole family and everyone down there, Florida and beyond, uh, a great holiday and Christmas season. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And you're welcome here anytime. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time and I appreciate it. And I really miss you guys. And I hope you guys are having a good Christmas season. You too. Hope you have a holiday season. Yeah, whatever holiday you celebrate, Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever. Hope you have a wonderful one. All right. See you, Madison. Thanks for joining. Okay. Bye, guys. All right. Good night. Bye. All right. Madison, back to wrapping presents or, or sorry, painting, painting, painting cards. She's not yes. painting presents. Well, well, I guess earlier those are today presents. she told me she had presents I mean, to make. And yeah. that's where I immediately put the paintings with the presents yeah. together. But yes. nonetheless, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Madison. All right. Uh, reading off the board, Terry better stick up on the Girl Scout cookies next year for Madison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, think we're past the Girl Scout cookie stage at my house. I don't know if she'd probably still take those, too. I don't think she'd complain about that. Uh, we're going to get Dana Mite in here in just a little bit as well. Uh, pretty exciting to see that uh, the season, uh, everybody takes their off season differently, and if you follow Madison on Instagram and you follow her, her journey and her story, you see her hiking and doing all these other things, finding her, living her best life for the off season. And, uh, I, I love seeing it. All right. Do you, uh, did you, okay. I'll message Dana. Are you around? Yeah, go okay. ahead and message you, Dana. Uh, I'll see if we can get him on here. Also, chef Aaron jump back on there. Chef Aaron, I think earlier he was talking about possibly coming back over to Thailand. So uh, funny story about how him and I met. We were, I was going to Thailand, I think, for my second time a few years ago. And I'm at the Taipei airport, and I see a gentleman with a uh, an end of a backpack on full of discs. And sure enough, of course, I kind of make my way around and try to see who it is and next thing you know we're having a conversation about it and a couple years later he's talking about uh doing food on the pro tour i love it and he says he's out there now so awesome to see well dana if you're ready oh i probably need to send you some information i apologize i will send that over to you in a sec oh dana's asking for a link 
Oh, he's gonna have to send him a link. Uh, I know it's been it's been a minute. I had to look up how to spell his last name again. Oh, V I C I C H. I know. I always I always want to put two. I always want to put two C's in there, like V I C C I C H. And I was like, that's not right. It's not right. Well, I'm gonna send him over a message and all the food chatter. Quickly interject here. I'm on uh, hour fifty or so of a seventy-two hour self-induced fast. It's going just fine. I haven't lost energy. I haven't blacked out. I did have a pretty bad headache this morning, which may or may not have been related. But for no reason other than just a, as a kind of a more of a mental challenge than physical, I wanted to see if I could do it. We've seen a couple of disc golfers recently post about doing them. I know Avery Jenkins for many years had talked about doing a, uh, I think, a 72-hour like green tea fast. Yeah. Uh, just kind of as a reset for himself. And I think he did it annually. I remember seeing that. And again, another golfer in Wisconsin recently posted about it. I've done some intermittent fasting and um, it's fine. It's actually for my lifestyle. It's not really that big of a deal. I wanted to see if I could go a full, intentionally go a full 72 hours. And so I kind of just decided to start it yesterday on a whim, somewhat on a whim, as much as I thought about it. And then... Uh, here we are. So I'm a little more than um, I prefer two days to, into it. I prefer to slow where I just eat every single hour. That's an option. I wake up and I eat. I set my alarm every hour and I just eat something. <laughs> okay. Well, that's an option as well. And I'm sorry. i got to get Dana. Excuse me. I sent it to the wrong place. Oh, jeepers, Terry. So if, uh, so if you guys see me pass out or do anything silly or crazy here, oh, link here, please, he says. If, Hopefully uh, he'll have that. Yeah, if Terry passes out, we, <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, let him, we'll let him be, and then I'll wake him up after the show. Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, Aaron on the board says, I want, uh, I can't, uh, Chris Brophy does it all the time. Uh, I don't like need to come to Thailand and play disc golf uh, all around. Yeah, I don't like fasting. I don't like going hungry at all. And it's funny because I haven't really been hungry, um, but it's out of habit. You look like just so many things that you do in your daily routine and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, here's where I might get something to eat or here's or it's lunchtime or whatever. Yeah. Just like the habits more than the actual physical I, uh, component of being hungry i'm guilty crazy. of the next guy uh, of just as guilty of if i get bored then i kind of want to look for something to munch on but in general i tend to i don't i skip lunch a lot of days so i'll i'll, I'll usually have like a shake in the morning uh and uh usually like a chocolate malt or something i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> a smoothie in the morning at, at around you know 8 a.m. And then a malt-flavored smoothie in the afternoon. <laughs> no, and then I uh, sometimes I'll have lunch, but most of the time I'll go until about 4 or 5 before I have dinner. So I don't eat a lot of lunch just because I'm, I'm constantly working and because I'm a good employee and I work yeah, real hard. And that's all so silly. That's, that's a lot. time too. for that. No, but but I do I do tend to skip lunches quite a bit. So I get – but I can tell. Like when I get to be 4, four or 5 o'clock, then I'm like, I'm really hungry. I want to eat now. So – all right. I am hey. officially have sent it to you, Dynamite. Uh Looks like he's going to be good to go. So we're, we're going to go for a blast. From the past. From the past. And welcome one Dynamite, Dana Vichy, to the show. Introducing our new PDGA executive director, Dana Dynamite Vichy. Whoop, whoop, Dana. Right? Playing for Team MVP. Okay, now I think we screwed up the announcements. 
we mixed them up a little bit? <laughs> Maybe well, a little bit. Dana Might. Good evening, our friend. How are you? Doing good, boys. Aside from Madison, just wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> well, uh, we just you know, just give her a call. Tell her Madison, it's enough time. It's Dana time. I know. Well, I already been razzing her via text message. So. <laughs> See if you get one of those uh, beautifully uh, painted uh, yeah. Christmas cards, huh? Yeah, I told her we're done if she doesn't send one to uh, the Vichy house. So yeah, it's uh, going to be labeled just Ashley. It's <laughs> Ashley and the kids. <laughs> There's no Dana. No Dana there. <laughs> so the Dana might welcome to the show, my friend. It's uh, it's been a minute, and uh, you know things are going on in disc golf news in terms of PDGA, as Johnny kind of just alluded to. Obviously, sponsorship conversations continue to happen. Uh, scheduling, planning, all of that for 2024 obviously pretty chaotic in terms of that uh, the uh, major that is going to land in your home state of Illinois where we're going to see Champions Cup this year. Man, uh, for anyone who's maybe a little newer here and is an old school, uh, how, how do you tie into all of this disc golf madness currently? Currently, uh, mostly... You're not you're not seeing me out there too often. Um, however, I'm behind the scenes uh, more than I am in in the front. Not that I was ever in the front, but uh, yeah, I work for Discmania, and so I'm yeah I'm behind the scenes, behind the frisbee, behind the disc, the <laughs> newsletter. Yeah, the newsletter which I frequently receive uh, as a vendor of Discmania, and. Uh, clearly there's been just overall a lot of shifting in terms of uh house of dis this mania being a part of that latitude dynamics, so on and so forth y- you've seen and worked with so many of these people all over the now even sometimes all over the country whether you played against them or now see them sometimes at trade shows is there is the feeling a little different knowing that when you're seeing a rep from latitude maybe at a trade show or dynamic like hey you're like in a sense you're your co-workers slash brethren in like a different sense now being under house of dis uh, yeah a little bit um we've we've always approached trade shows and competition if you will as um hey if they're selling a course and putting putting quality courses in the ground or putting discs in in places uh that didn't have discs before and making disc disc golf more accessible uh what's the saying, a rising tide, uh, lifts all ships. So, uh, it, there never was, you know, yeah, we want to, we want to sell, sell the course or set up the account if it's for discs, uh, versus another brand. But yeah, now, now being in, in the group of with, with house of discs, um, uh, which is the trilogy family, uh, castoplast. Um, yeah, it's a little, it, it'll be a little bit different. Um, in a sense that hey, if you we've got this, can get it you can get it direct from us at Discmania, and if you're looking for something a little bit different, why don't you uh, see my friend uh, uh, Jamie Rusco over here? Yeah. So have you noticed? And I know this is still relatively new, I guess, in the grand scheme of things. Have you noticed any difference with Discmania now that they are under house of discs? Different um, goals, different accomplishments. Has anything rolled down to you? I know you're kind of. I mean, you're right, you're way high up there in Discmania. I mean, I think it was like you see then you is what I heard, but that's just. Uh, <laughs> um, have you have you noticed anything different with the way things are run? Um, 
No, honestly, the so we're Discmania was the the last, I believe, the last uh, group to or brand to join the group. Um, so we are we are new. However, no, I, I still have um, my same uh, my same boss that I've worked with my whole career at Discmania, uh, Austin Montgomery. Um, still still work and communicate with UC. It's just that. Uh, we now have a, another uh, uh, boss in, in there, so to speak. And but where, where I'm at, I'm still communicating with with the same people that I, I was. There's just uh, an extra meeting here or there as as we uh, get to know everybody within House of Discs, and you know, still learning a lot of things. Like what it, what exactly it it will mean long term, but for I can say for the short term, and uh, you know. When I'm waking up in the morning, I'm still doing the same things. And uh, really, it's just a, an extra meeting at this point uh, here and there. I, clearly, I, I wouldn't I don't think you would provide them anyway, but uh, and I don't want numbers. But when you look at just our overall sport and the massive covid boom and you've been around way long enough that, you know, you saw disc golf growing at the constant rate we were then covid hits and it shoots up into you know a whole nother level when we look at where we are with the growth of disc golf is it do you feel like it's on the decline is it stabilized you know and, and maybe and you don't even have to apply that to just dismania i i would say just your general outlook and take on it where do you feel like the d- disc golf growth is right now yeah i mean we've seen so many shifts from the you know the steady year over year growth um, as as a whole, uh, where disc mania, <clears throat> I think it's safe to I think it's a fact. Uh, it's not me being a homer, but disc mania we were experiencing the extreme growth for for a few years going into the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that just really uh, that that pandemic when the pandemic hit for us at Dismania, it got really crazy, but uh, the sport as a whole, where it is now versus the pandemic, I don't think we're, we're losing players. However, uh, it, we're back to that normal growth pattern uh, to what we saw before the pandemic. Um, I'd say probably the biggest, I, I, the biggest change really is, is not in disc golf. It's more so in, in the world, in the United States, the economy. Um, it's, it's just so much different. It's people, people don't have the money, uh, that might've had, uh, a couple of years ago or, uh, during the pandemic, whatever, if you're, won't get into all that, but yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is maybe people are seeing changes because of, you know, their, their spending habits, which, um, you know, is, is widespread. It's not just disc golf. It's, uh, recreation as a whole, traveling, doing, doing other things. But, uh, we are, you know, you look at tournaments, uh, I can think about a couple years ago where tournaments too, were, were filling up so quickly, but now there's more tournaments to fill that need. And maybe there was a little bit of, maybe there's, on like the competition side locally, uh, we're seeing a little bit more saturation, which maybe also makes people feel that disc golf isn't growing or it's losing players because leagues aren't you know filling up or tournaments aren't filling up like they were. However, there's so many more opportunities uh, that have come up where uh, seeing more TDs, more tournaments, multiple C tiers. Uh, talking about the 
2024 schedule and A tiers and how close some of them are to each other where it used to not be the case. So, uh, yeah, long story short, disc golf is still doing well as a whole. And I think, I think growing. Uh, and then maybe if I drill down a little bit, especially, I know we have a lot of, uh, Illinois viewers and listeners and whatnot, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, all very much a hotbed for disc golf. You know, people always talk about where the, you know, disc golf capitals are or the, you know, were the hotbeds. And of course you always think of Charlotte and, and I know you disc has, you know, spelled a lot of this out, but the Midwest, generally speaking, like where you live or two hours West of where you live, even in like the quad cities is kind of like the epicenter. If you were to sprawl out four or five hours, you'd have more disc golf there than anywhere else in the world. How do you feel like Illinois and the rest of the Midwest, what's the scene like and how does it, how is it continuing to thrive or grow? Is it is it on pace? Is it keeping up? Is it leading the charge? How do you feel like we're we're doing in this general vicinity and area? Yeah, um, I can definitely speak on you know Illinois and I, I think the Midwest as a whole. But Illinois, <clears throat> we're I'm still putting in a number of new courses every year. Um, just had a the latest one open uh, about an hour west of me, so. Uh, right between Joliet and the Quad Cities, roughly uh, near Starve Rock. It's actually called Starve Rock Disc Golf Course, but hmm. have another course five minutes from there opening up uh, in the spring. Uh, just uh, started working on another one here closer to me in Plainfield. So there's still a lot of, while disc golf is huge uh, in Illinois and in the Midwest, still seeing more and more courses come in, and especially in uh, here in Illinois and some of like the, the dead zone that we're, that we have along this I-80 corridor. So once you leave the Joliet area and head West, it, it's been pretty slim pickings. Um, so now we're starting to fill in the blanks there and uh, grow disc golf in some of these communities that haven't had disc golf. And, uh, but uh, yeah, as a, as a whole, I forgot what I was going to say. No, no, it's, I, I think uh, keeping pace and then some, um, it's we have so many courses in the area that I, unless you're unless there's a deep dive on Gannon Burr or a Kale or so, you know one of our kind of Midwest superstars, I think people largely forget or don't realize just how disc golf centric and and truly rich and plentiful we are here. Like it, it's crazy to go to, and I've said this for years. I remember Arizona was uh, you know had forty or fifty courses uh, many many years ago. And I just thought like, oh, well, I, I've got that many within just an hour or two of me or whatever the case was. Like, we have so many courses, and that's true of all those states I just mentioned. And if you want to go to an area for a, a week or two, there's so much. I mean, you could say that just by arriving in the Twin Cities, right, and go play the Preserve and Blue Ribbon Pines and then uh, the dozens, if not hundreds, of courses that are right near there. It's uh, it's Yeah. Come, come to the Midwest uh, as, yeah, as if we need to, to invite you, right? Can't forget Northwest Indiana. Tons of courses. Brian, Brian Cummings, PDGA Hall of Famer. He's still putting in courses. Uh, pretty crazy. And then you blink your eye and you're in, you're in Southwest Michigan, which uh, is, is loaded and, and more courses coming in the ground uh, in that stretch between uh, Illinois and, say, you know, more middle, middle Michigan uh, towards yeah. the thumb. 
So. Uh, what do you, you know, I guess to, to maybe add on to that, Peoria hosted the Greater Peoria Open for decades. Uh, Ken Climo, for the longest time, had uh, said McNaughton was one of his, if not his favorite course in the world. I mean, these are really high accolades from the 90s. And and then you, the U.S. women's got started there with, or or really flourished, I should say, with mom and old man Wallace, the Wallace family, and, and Tim and Chuck and everyone else. And now Peoria area and the Ledgestone event is is a and I don't want to say uh it's become a staple for tons of golf. And I say that because we have Ledgestone, but then we've had Am Worlds there, we've had Pro Masters Worlds, this year coming up Champions Cup. Would you ever have guessed that 10, 15, 20 years ago when you were just coming into the scene? And and what does that say about that area? in terms of the growth. Yeah. I mean, the <clears throat> pure, the greater pure area has always had tremendous golf and was, was prime for, uh, you know, hosting, uh, great events, whether it was those early U S women's or the, the greater Peoria open, which I ran in 2008 <laughs> and nine. Um, damn, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm, Maybe mm-hmm. before that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that really the, the key thing there is just, someone stepping up um and we had the wallace family that that led the tr- the charge in the we'll call it the early years and then you know nate heinold is you know for a long time carefully been uh and maybe sometimes not so carefully uh building things and blowing it up in in peoria um thinking back to i was at the very first ledgestone which was just at northwoods park when it was only the one course it had two tee pads per hole uh so when you played the law, the tips, it was pretty tough, but yeah, I think it's crazy to think that, you know, now there's, uh, this, you know, Ledgestone business, which, uh, you know, Nate runs and a warehouse, uh, with an incredible amount of discs and, and they're hosting events, not only in, in pure, in the greater Peoria area, but also throughout the country hosting, uh, you know, so many different majors and then major up in, uh, what is it in Virginia this next year? Yeah, we're in Lynchburg. Yeah, well, hosting yeah, the world the world championships. <laughs> uh, yeah, someone had said that Ledgestone is ho- like hosting or TDing like eight events next next year, eight huge events next year. Yeah, and and I feel like between and the, the, eight, you know, the amateur disc golf championship along with majors and Champions yeah. Cup and Worlds and Ledgestone and yeah, crazy. Yeah, and I, and I think that's that's not at all where I was going with this, but I know on the flip side of that, uh, especially if you don't know the ins and outs, there's a lot of people that uh, you know have conflicted feelings about that, thinking there's um, you know some kind of conflict of interest or favoritism and all this other stuff. I'm not here really to debate that at the moment, but I know that sentiment has been out there. I also feel as if if you're coming with that angle, you you're probably not fully equipped with all the details and it's from a high level view. I could see some of that skepticism or criticism coming about, but um, I would, I would encourage people to learn more about what's going on. But anyway, um, what, what is with your job and your role and you as a a professional player that just barely has time to dabble in playing anymore. And you're a dad and all of these other things, course designer, what, what does a 2024 look like for you? Uh, moving forward 
Yeah, good, good question. Um, so this little thing is happening in February where I turn 40 years old. Damn. Oh, geez. You would never guess it by your mustache. Getting old. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's opening up uh, where the, the pro tour isn't, uh, you know, I can't, I can't just pick up uh, the phone and call Steve Dodge and say, Steve, get, you know, put me on a tee time for Vibram Open. Um, <laughs> pro tours pass me up, um, mm-hmm. which, is, which is fine. Uh, <clears throat> I don't want to go play those golf courses. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was a Madison. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, so I'm kind of looking at some of the, the 2024 Masters majors and then looking at this uh, Callie McMorrin, I think I pronounced the name right, uh, mm-hmm. her, her Master Tour and, you know, thinking about uh, playing playing competitively. And I, I start thinking and I start looking at tournaments, but then I look at my schedule and then look in the other room and, you know, there's a an eight and now eight year old Edith and then six year old Lucy. And they're they're in lots of activities and sports. And, um, you know, the more time I, I spend on disc golf, that means there's less time, you know, with the family. And I, you know, I, in my mind, I'd love to go, you know, play four or five, six big masters tournaments around the, the U S but in reality, it'd be nice to get to the world championships. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a ledge stone or, uh, you know, travel out to Maple for, if they have a, a master's event, go, go somewhere fun, uh, see, see some people that I haven't seen some of the, you know, the players that I looked up to and, you know, friends that I've, I've made over the years that I, you know, that have moved on to that, uh, that master's tour. What you did, Dana, is all you did was make a little caddy. You know, your yeah. eight-year-old your eight year can caddy now. Uh, yeah. Six-year-old, I don't know if I would trust. That's just a little, it's a little young. <laughs> they get a little, they, they, get a, they lose attention span. But the eight-year-old, throw a bag on her back and come hang out with daddy for the weekend. Yeah, and your wife's a great golfer, too. Maybe, maybe you guys should invest some of your, your uh, interest or your uh, you know, re- energy and resources into her taking on the tour. You know, she, she would like that. I think <laughs> uh, she's, she's not, uh, yeah, she, for a while was playing, uh, playing a ton of tournaments, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, kind of same, same story, uh, with, with kids and being, you know, being busy and being away, like, you know, you can't go spend every weekend away or weeks at a time. I mean, you can, but it it's expensive. And then it's a lot of pressure on the, uh, putting a lot of pressure on whoever's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, also um, when you look at uh, the options and the opportunities now, will you get picky about the players that are maybe going to be there that you'd play against? Is it specifically the courses where you think you could do well or courses you just like to revisit? Uh, what are some of the things? I mean, Schwebby's out on the board talking about how he, you know, just name the course and the day and he'll be there to play. It doesn't matter to him much. But if you're going to be a little bit more selective, what are some of the, the specifics that you'd be looking for? Yeah, and I, I have to be selective. I don't, I don't have with the time. So I'm going to pick out, um, yeah, it, it would be really nice to play a world championship again. Um, I, went to Emporia a few years ago to take in some of the world championships, but I haven't played, played those courses in a while. And, um, I did enjoy 
back in the day playing Peter Pan and um, mm-hmm. some of the other layouts at, at Jones. Uh, I haven't played this new lay, long layout that they have at the golf course, but, you know, play something prestigious, like maybe go to an old favorite, like just, you know, Maple Hill or Beaver State Fling, mm-hmm. uh, maybe something new. Uh, I'd ridge, my original plans were my birthday is at, towards the end of February, and it usually falls on the, the Las Vegas uh, – and I, I was planning on going out to that because, you know, heard it's a great event and they treat masters really well. And, you know, just be fun to go out for, for a 40th, a place to be in at, for your 40th birthday. So maybe, maybe an event like that. Um, or, you know, my friend Ben Smith out, out in Canada runs, uh, runs a heck of an event out on the East coast, uh, Prince Ed- on Prince Edward Island, go back mm-hmm. to Dismania open, maybe playing that. Um, so yeah, I, that's I a business think, expense. You can write that off. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. just have a, just have one meeting and you're good. Yeah. Dismania. Yeah. yeah. And Meet I see Schwebe saying U S masters and, and Raleigh. Raleigh. I, I yeah. Played, uh, I played in the Dogwood Dogtown classic in 2007, I think got second oh. and advanced. Mm. Um, wow, he played it in 2007. Yeah. That was so much later than we played that. <laughs> no, we played the the Big Valley Challenge. Did we play the Crosstown yeah. Classic one? I don't or two? think we did. We played Big Valley Challenge mm. in '98, mm. <laughs> somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. We're old. Dang. Um, so yeah, the U.S. Masters is is another one. You know, be fun to get to a major. You know, play and then also I haven't played a whole lot of local events. Um, you know, there, there's a great crew of, of people here running, running tournaments. The Delwood crew runs the greater Joliet uh, tournament series, Steve Ratchin, the smooth series. So there's like, there's a lot of great local courses around me with, you know, uh, great people running really good events. So, um, would like to dabble in some locals, uh, but yeah, go to, go to a favorite one, maybe go to a new one and uh, a prestigious one. Those would be my, you know, once I say that out loud, that's three or four <laughs> big tournaments, and I think that maybe could be doable. But then when we're talking schedules, there's trade show schedules, there's mm-hmm. uh, planned work uh, trips, and 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 the like. So got to got to mix that stuff in because I, you know, I feel guilty leaving for work trips, and then you know if I go to a work trip and. That's that. That's like the same thing as a, a disc golf t- leaving for a week for a disc golf tournament. It doesn't really matter. I'm I'm gone. So yeah, uh, there's only only so much time you can only so many times you can do that in in the Vichy house. Yeah, the oh, Vichy yeah. house. <laughs> I almost was going to say it's there's only so many times people you can do that. But I'm looking at. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> so what I I, I just want to throw this out there as well. Uh, because it is part of the one of the many fun trips that we've been on together in yesteryear during your birthday time frame. Memorial also uh, nice. going down, and I'm looking at the MP40, thinking about your debut in MP40. Right there, Kale LaVisca, KJ Naibo, Steve Brinster, Danny Polk, uh, mm. Pete Uliberry, Cut, you know, a uh, little Craig Cutler action, Skellinger, you know, a lot of these old school names that you very yeah. much played with, grew up with, competed against. So just saying there's some warm weather in Arizona. There might be some disc golf guy coverage. I don't know. There might be a, you know, Dana Vichy debut feature card spot right there with a Kale LaVisca. Can we just spitballing? Just can spitballing. we bring back him and Paul Oman doing some whole previews? Yes, we'll oh. definitely get Paul oh. Oman. 
Paul turns 40 as well. So, yeah, so, yeah he, I, I didn't see much. him on the list. Uh, Omen. Or if I have to twist your arm, no, just hear this one out. MP40 debut, good buddy, Shasta Chris, Thailand. All right, back-to-back mm. weekends. We can be in uh, We can be on Samui and then Chiang Mai. Shasta's going to be there. Come on, Dana. I'll cover beautiful. your entry fee. I'll cover your entry fee. <laughs> How sweet you, of you. you. For both of those events, you come to Thailand this year, I'll cover your entry fee. I'll cover Ashley's lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you just sleep on it. I don't know. The offer's there. No, that's. I definitely, you know, getting getting to a new place like Thailand would at some point would would be awesome. And you know those those Norwegians have been uh, putting on a heck of a event at the PCS. That's one mm-hmm. that uh, you know, would like to get to or Sweden. Uh, you know, talk start talking about work trips. You know, maybe mm-hmm. Sweden go play over there and. Check the, check that out, but and then obviously European Open. Uh, I don't know if I could play in that, but to go watch that, that would be that would be pretty great. But but yeah, Terry, you've got you got a little. I I don't have all the details, but I know you and Luke uh, have have your. Why don't you give a plug? Why don't you give a plug to everybody? Uh, I mean, I plug I plug it almost every week, but I I will say yes. Uh, you know, as I was talking to Madison, the whole just Southeast Asian tour has really exploded in what used to be two or three events. Now they're, you know, of expanding to four, three or four weekends before, three or four weekends after. This year, I myself will be heading uh, right after uh, being in Arizona. I'm planning to go right to Malaysia, where we're going to see a number of solid players come to Malaysia and play. And then the weekend after is Kosamui which is the Samui Swine. We've seen Philo and, you know, all these other, you know, players, Sarah Holcomb and Paige Pierce and and James Conrad, Nate Perkins, all those guys. And then the weekend after, uh, everyone seemingly is is making the shift to go up into Chiang Mai, which is the second largest uh, city in all of Thailand. It's, uh, um, it is during the smoky season, which is the only tiny drawback to it. But Shasta, Scott Stokely, a couple of the guys that were there last year. And, and then it continues after that. I think that I think maybe Cambodia is the week after. And then there's still a couple more weeks going on after that. And I have to come back and do pro tour stuff. Otherwise, uh, you know, that, that would be the place that I would go check out and continue to be in. So, uh, Aaron, who's on the board, I said earlier, he's, he's been there as well. So, it's it's going to be on, I think, on everyone's list at some point. It's just a matter of when, you know, and I get it. People want to take time off and truly enjoy the offseason and not feel like there's a pressure to play and perform. But it's a, it's a, it is a great way to expand, expand your brand and uh, have this incredibly cultural, you know, eye-opening experience in any of those countries. I mean, Malaysia and yeah. Singapore will be a first for me this year, and I want to keep kind of doing that, adding – adding a new country whenever I can. So, yeah. And I, I thought that was really uh, a really good point you brought up earlier when talking with Madison and and like growing, you know, fan bases, like super important for players. That's where you can go, you know, because we don't see, it's not like the the old tour days where everyone was so accessible and like there's eight tiers and you might, it's everyone's on the pro tour and, you know, you'll have people jumping off here and there, but like you're going to these other countries and it's, it's a, there are a few years uh, in some cases, a few years behind where we are mm-hmm. in the States with, with uh, tournaments and tours and all that. And yeah, you can just go make a huge impact um, on, 
you know, for yourself, for your brand, have a great experience um, and, you know, make a bunch of new fans, like super important. Like don't, don't skimp out on, on, on the European trips or, or going to, you know, Terry's place, wherever yeah. that is. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of which, and I know this isn't necessarily your, your day-to-day, um, you know, duty or assignment, but coming as a guy who works at a major manufacturer, what are some of the things that people should be thinking about? You know, you often get questions about how do I get sponsored or what do what do manufacturers actually value? You know, I know we just talked a lot about, you know, those opportunities for some of the players, but what are some other thoughts that maybe come to mind of like, hey, here's, here's the things a player should be at least cognizant of or working toward uh, if they're looking for a sponsorship? And maybe that's just me or maybe that's any company, but what comes to mind when I when somebody asks you that question? Yeah, I'd, me personally, there's. I'd like to. I like to think that you know you you have to find something off course, or I mean, off outside of competition, one that you like to do, and then you have to figure out how to turn that into you know a way for you to connect and, and build fans or make money or both. Um, so if you're you're a great teacher, then you're you're working hard setting up clinics and lessons um, and whether that's locally or traveling um, if, if you're not a uh, if you're not a tour player there's still you can still offer quite a bit of value to to a manufacturer um, by being a, a leader in your local community whether that's you know the the low-hanging fruit of you know running tournaments and doing other things but um, yeah just making an impact uh, or finding a way to make an impact. If you're, if you're on the road and you're, you're one of those players that is trying to get paid and, and get a sponsorship, which it seems like is getting harder and harder to do on the pro side where I, I feel like the, we're seeing more ambassadors and then like that top tier is, is getting you know tougher to uh, achieve or to get signed on as uh, a top uh, or a, as a pro player, I shouldn't say top player. That's those guys are all. But well, like, yeah, feel, it feels like we're 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 lo- right now. Maybe we're losing a little bit of the middle. You know, you're losing yeah. a few of those your your local thousand rated players. Well, the people that we know aren't going to tour. That they're probably not. They're maybe not running events. They're not. You know, maybe they're running a league if you're lucky. But they're just your local player. You know, and I feel like we're losing a little bit. We still have ambassadors. You still have community leaders and you've got the top tier. And, you know, we've I I feel like we're we're kind of trending in that direction a little bit. Yeah. And I think if you look at I'm not going to name any names, but if you look at some of the pro tour players that are, you know, below 1020 that are sponsored, look at some of the things that they're doing because most likely they're doing something that stands out or maybe that maybe they have an extremely high ceiling and they have to be signed, but look at those players and see, see the things that they're doing, how they're uh, interacting with fans on social media or if they have YouTube or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you can, you can probably get some ideas from there because that's where the, while they're great players and, and thousand rated 10, 10, 10, 15, you know, that's, that's not necessarily moving the needle, I think, on on a you know a sponsorship side, but it's it's part of a package where you know if you're just a great player, you can go out there and be a great player every weekend and not really worry about it. Which we kind of 
like a Calvin Heimberg uh, bef- before he was, you know, this uh, smack talking skins uh, guru guy. Uh, really funny showing, you know, showing who he is. Like Calvin was just a guy that showed up to tournaments and, and won and played. You didn't see him out there hyping social media, but there's so few people that are like that. So uh, look to those player, those lower tier players that are sponsored and uh, see what they're doing. Um, and, and then, you know, find your, your niche, find your spot. Yeah. And I, I would follow that up and say, there might be a little bit of a reality check too, that you may not ever get to that 1030, that 1040 or whatever. You may not get to that upper what? tier. Yeah. I, I know even for you, uh, but I, pl- I played this last weekend. I should be at least at a thousand by now. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so then maybe find, start thinking about not, not only like you said, being impactful, but maybe even your own side hustle that is also fruitful. Maybe, of course, you know, uh, having the um, doing lessons could be impactful and, and helpful to a sponsor, but it might actually be what subsidizes some of your touring and making some other product or whatever. Like, I feel like those are ways that I think uh, people need to be entrepreneurial and clever because your, your skills may not get you all the way there. And, um, lean into that. And it it may not have the greater, grander picture of, Hey, if I do this, then I'll attract another sponsor. It just may be the reality. You're 10, 10, which is a great golfer, but you may never get a major sponsorship. However, you're doing okay because of your side hustle or your, you know, I don't know, supplementary income or whatever it is. Um, it's tough out there. <laughs> it's definitely tough out there. Uh, Ray asks, uh, this would be an interesting take from someone now who largely watches the golf and doesn't play it as much uh, on the tour. Uh, he says, how important is it for the DGPT to have 10, 20 rated players or lower on the tour? Some of these guys that um, haven't achieved maybe that upper rating or status, do they need to be there forever? Or is that their training ground? Is that is that where the money also needs to continue to come from? What, what Do you have a take on that, Dana? Well, it's kind of out of left field, but yeah, um, no, I I see no <clears throat> no reason that they those that caliber of player sh- shouldn't be there. Um, I mean, that's still I think that's still pretty pretty darn elite, and we we see players on lead cards. See, even this last year, see players win that. Uh, you know, if if you said that ten twenty was the cutoff and you, you couldn't get in, then also as a side, like rating, you know, we all know that rating, the rating system is not perfect. So that would be a, that would be a tough one to to go full on and say, you know, it's a hard, hard stop if you're under 10, 20, cause you've got, you've got players that can go out and win. And we've, we've seen that in 20 2023. Yeah. I don't think there's really any, this is maybe a cynical point of view for me, but there are, I don't feel like there's any essential players that are 10, 20, that would be missed on the tour, ten twenty and below. I think they should all be allowed to play, but I think if if the if you are a ten, we'll just say a ten twenty rated player, and you can't afford to tour, your spot will be filled by somebody local. Like there, we're not going to the DGPT isn't going to not fill a spot. Um, I, I and these those are those are important people because they add to the purse. But if you want to be a ten twenty rated player right now in tour, you. Like like we were saying, you you better have something else. Like Madison was saying, 
You better have some sort of side gig. You better be really good on social media. You better be really mm-hmm. fan friendly, um, push slinging discs, pushing discs, whatever you're doing, because the the competition is getting so good these days that you know it's it's rarer and rarer to see a ten twenty rated person win. You know, we get we saw Parker Welk this year, and he's on he's one of those players that's on the way up. And I don't foresee him being a ten fifteen or a ten twenty rated player another year or two. He'll probably move up. The way he the way he plays, but if if you're a perennial ten twenty rated player, that, that's going to be tough. Well, so I guess that begs the question: Do you feel like will the the tour needs to just trim down for? Uh, I don't want to say for efficiency. Uh, do does an event? You know, you've kind of talked about this, Johnny. Depending on the time of year, we can only afford so many people on the course due to daylight. Due to media and other logistical uh, concerns, should our, you know, if, if we have 100 and, I don't know what the number is right now, 120 MPO players in an event, what if it was just 60 every week no matter what? One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Do you, do you have a, a take on that, Dana? Oof, man, that's man. What what's the cash line at a sixty-person yeah. field? Um, shoot, I, yeah, that I don't. That sounds that sounds pretty pretty cutthroat. If uh, if something like that's ha- like, imagine that. Yeah, because outside of the top sixty players, there's there's a lot of great great players and personalities and and you know and contenders. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying, you know, that there's only so many resources or whether that's money, uh, staff daylight, uh, for, for certain events that, that slim in the field down is, would be a ticket, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I really like it at this time, not to say five years from now, it, that might be a more, that might make more sense. However, I think at this time, you know, we still want and need uh, to have a, a deeper field. And I think that, you know, we have, we have cuts in place for the four round events. Typically, um, had, were there any cuts after uh, for three round events this year that weren't weather related? I don't believe we saw any three round cuts. No, I don't. I, I think philosophically that's not done. Due to the number of holes you need to play on yeah, the PDGA or, or whatever, yeah. yeah. But I don't ever see yeah. us moving down to sixty players. 
I think that I, I think I'm just thinking overall think efficiency too shallow. Uh, and maybe 60 maybe it's 72, 72 whatever whatever the number 90, is. 90 something like that. But you know, uh, having a consistent number that regardless of time of year, we have it. It's in place. You always know what to expect as a spectator, as a fan. You also know of and I think we move closer to that number if we're going to continue to have our FPO field grow. Yeah, we that's talked only about done that. nothing but grow in these last few years. So at a certain point, if you're having them on the same course on the same weekend at the same event, there's going to have to be a little shift in how many MPO players you're allowing versus having um, you know an expanding FPO field. Because right now we're seeing so, like what 120 MPO players ish at I, an event. I feel like it's even more than that at some it, of our really big events. It, it might be, but I think on average, pro tour events 120 ish players. I could see us shifting to, I think we've said this before, shifting to less MPO players as the FPO field needs to expand. But at some point, again, I don't think I'd ever want to see less than, I mean. Pick a number. 72 would be the number that I would I would, I would, would stop at for okay. MPO players. Like, if it ever got to the point where the FPO field was pushing the MPO field outside of, 72 players i think at that point you would seriously need to look at splitting the tour because if you're going down to something like we'll just say 60 as you were uh randomly throwing out we better be at the point where everyone's getting paid similar to pga where you're you have qualifiers you're rolling people in that is your job you have qualified for the tour your last place position is getting a thousand bucks or whatever that is to start out with like that's kind of where you would have to go with that shallow of a field um but i I do like a little bit thicker of a field we'll say when it comes to 72 maybe 90 but i do think we as we said we do need to make room for the fpo fields as they expand and and i don't have a problem cutting out i know it sounds it, it sounds brutal a thousand and five rated players Guess what? If you're a thousand and five rated player, you're gone because we need to make room for the expanding FPO field. And some people love that. Some people hate that. If you don't pay attention to the FPO field at all or watch FPO golf, you are going to hate to see sure. the MPO field become squeezed by an expanding FPO field. But it's all part of the the it's all part of the growth because at some point, like I said, when they do split, maybe then you do you can expand the MPO field back to your a, a thousand you know rated player and above as opposed to whatever so just, just again this is all hypothetical future stuff well we can actually we could kind of look to the past too because if you guys were, recall usdgc when it came back from the performance, performance. uh era i believe they that the the total players it was under 60 so USDGC was, and maybe that's something to look at, like how that was, I know that was years ago. I'm trying to look, I think 2012. Yeah, 2012, there was 58 MPO players at, at the USDGC. What, do you know what it was this year, Terry? Uh, I don't, but I bet you it was closer it to the small. 110 or. Yeah, and then. I guess. Yeah, the next the next year in 20, 2013, looks like it was also under 60 players, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. But I don't well, think it was, I don't think it was super well received. And obviously that's, 
10 years ago now. Uh, yeah, and I think that was a concerted effort to make the the qualifying that much tougher. And, uh, you know, and, and that particular event is also in October. And just looking at, you know, the, the some of the light constraints that uh, happen in October as opposed to, uh, well, I guess when we were playing in the dark at Idlewild, but that was an anomaly this year. But point is, it, it gets obviously much darker at seven or eight o'clock during the summer months, uh, as opposed to what we're seeing sometimes in our October. So, yeah, uh, it, th- those are all some philosophical questions. Who knows where it's going to go to? Uh, you know, in in if our lifetime, we're going to see an FPO and an MPO split even within a disc golf pro tour or some other organization or anything of that nature. That's obviously a question that I, I do. I don't feel like that will be our lifetime, but then again, the PDJ has been around for what? 40 years. Yeah. 40 years, roughly. And, uh, we've been around for all about that same time. So a lot can change in the next 40. Yeah. So, uh, who knows what, what else, uh, what else is in, in, in store for you in 2024? Uh, you've talked about playing, uh, we've talked a little bit about what a player should do. Is anything else on your radar, Dana? Um, really, I, I kind of touched on it earlier. Just uh, course projects got a got a big one that uh, not a big one, but big bigger project because doing the install. So that that's at the beginning of the year, and uh, so that's that's on my mind. Get get through with that. Get into spring and um, really just personally get myself into some better playing shape. Um, I'm in physical shape, but playing shape, which Mm. the competitive side, I've, I only played two PDJ tournaments this year, which I just found out I won't be able to get a master's world invite. So Mm. I'm gonna have to try to get in through, through a wait list or uh, maybe, maybe hit a flex start, but I don't think I would, gather garner enough points so um it's going to be getting putting myself out there um playing getting the, the competitive juices flowing and uh yeah hopefully getting getting in off a wait list if if uh worlds is, is something yeah, that uh, worlds in uh, uh in uh, emporia this year for the masters all right i'm going to take a quick break i need to go get a, <laughs> a drink i got something in my chest throat I don't know. That's just Terry. He's he's going. We're gonna we're gonna blame his fast. We're gonna blame his fast. Say, how, many, how many hours is he into? Uh, about fifty one now. I think fifty one hour fast. Okay. I don't know. Nice. Funny enough, I I uh, met up with Avery for a Avery Jenkins uh, for a work trip last month, and he was on the last day of wow. a seventy two hour fast, and we I caught his first meal with him. Felt very privileged, but <laughs> but yeah, Avery does talk about the fast quite a bit, and uh, he's got me looking at it now. Yeah, I mean, as all of us our age can look and, and say that we all need to probably be better with our health and whatnot. I just don't see fasting. I don't know. I, I've read pros and cons of it. You know, intermittent fasting versus long term fasting versus yearly fasting. All these other things. I just think in general. I look at my particular diet and I say, if I just cut out more sugars, that's probably good enough for me because, you know, cut out the occasional, you know, the Coke that I have maybe once a day and then the Halloween candy that's still sitting around the house. <laughs> After dinner, you're just like, 
Oh, there's still like a bucket. There's oh look, there's a Kit Kat or two. You know, I think if I were to cut that out, it would it would help out quite a bit, and uh, and that would probably work out for me personally. But uh, yeah, so we'll see. Terry's coming back here. He's got himself some water now. You better. Your throat's better. You're. Uh, I'll admit, I had just a little lump in my chest. That didn't feel good. I don't no. think I'm having any serious problems, but well, if yeah. I if I need to uh, do some chest compressions, I'm here for it, Terry. Yeah, some mouth to mouth. If you're uh, lucky, uh, I've had better. All right, so you don't uh, know that, Dana. Uh, for those that didn't know, I I wasn't gonna wear it tonight because I feel like I've been wearing it every day for the last month. I got a disc golf rich shirt on, and yes. credit where credit is due. For for those that don't know. This is a long-time term that came right here from Smashbox. So uh, why don't you explain to everyone what Disc Golf Rich really means or what it means to you? Well, it's hard to put a, it's hard to put a finger on exactly a, a definition. Uh, it can mean a number of things. Um, it could, you know, I'm Disc Golf Rich. I've got all kinds of, got all kinds of Frisbees, hundreds and thousands of frisbees or maybe i i cashed in my local league for eight bucks so i'm disc golf rich or you're paul Macbeth and you sign a 10 year 10 million dollar <laughs> base contract and you are a disc golf rich it's just kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek fun all right for me uh fun thing to to say and, and use in the past uh or it's just you know maybe you can look at it a little bit deeper where you know i've uh, I feel blessed to, you know, have traveled the world playing disc golf and play at a high level, work for a disc golf company. And it's like an in, intrinsic type of thing. I'm disc golf rich and, and feel that. Or I live in, you know, a disc golf rich area. There's tons of courses. So it's one of those things that uh, I think for me, the definition is interchangeable. And, and that kind of, you know, parallels why I play disc golf too. Um, you know, I might Let's say I play the next five times I play disc golf, I might play for five different reasons. You know, one to get away, two to get with friends, the third time to compete, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's uh, that's disc golf rich in a, in a nutshell, if uh, if you will. Sorry to go uh, go off the deep end, Ray. Uh, no, 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 that's 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 exactly what we were looking for. And yeah, and I'll add on that in I always think of, like you said, the scenarios where. Uh, you know, maybe you don't cash at your local event or at an event, but then you get the cash CTP or you hit the ace pool for $97. Yeah, sure. Maybe Macbeth at that time won 1200 or 2500 <laughs> to win it, but you got the $97 ace pool and then your disc golf rich. Those are also some of the ways. So like you said, kind of tongue in cheek. Um, and, and it is so much, um, it can mean so much more on top of that. But so that, that, phrasing came from here on the show talking with dana and uh, of course i got his his legal permission to turn it into <laughs> officially some kind of wear and it was really just yeah. a logo on a on these uh, shirts that i did for cold turkey an event dana's been to and uh so yes dana i got to get you and your wife send me some details we'll uh we'll get yeah and, pl- some and out please you you're out there posting disc golf stuff uh hey if it it strikes you hashtag disc golf rich maybe uh maybe terry or myself will like your post 
You got it. Keep things rolling. Dana, I don't think I've ever asked this and all the times you've been on, Uh-oh. what were you, you're, you're working for Discmania now. You've been in the disc golf community for, we've all been in here for way too long or not long enough, depending on how you want to look at it. What were, what were you on track to do before like disc golf pulled you in? Like, mm. wh- like wh- when you were younger and you, before you even thought, I'm going to go on tour, like what was your perspective on your future? And your college degree, which I know. I know this answer. Well, Give I, it to him, Dana. I, I, that part well, I so I went, I, I found disc golf right before I went to college, and, and uh, I got a degree in parks and recreation. But to, to be honest, once I found disc golf, like I was always scheming and thinking of ways to, to be involved in disc golf, to play, to, to hustle, to make money, to – do whatever, whatever it took to be involved. Like I, I think back to, uh, class projects, uh, drawing up plans for this or that. And it was always disc golf related, whether, you know, whatever, if it was a business or this or that. And like, I don't know that when I found disc golf in, we'll say July of 2002 and, and then found out that there's leagues and a PDGA and tournament, like it was, there was no uh, no looking back. But I, out of college, I did work in the public park and rec uh, field, and then also worked in I've worked in the private recreation field. So, um, yeah, I'd probably be doing. Uh, I probably would have went, went back to college and got a teaching degree, or continued in the the parks and recreation field. Uh, you know, doing something with providing recreational opportunities, which you know. I don't run as I don't run events or as many events as I used to, but used to run a lot and understand the importance of uh, whether it's competition or getting people together outside and and uh, you know chasing frisbees around. So as we look into twenty twenty four, I I'm guessing you maybe have an NDA, not an NDA, but you probably have some kind of uh, sealant on your lips about this. But I got to ask anyway. Uh, where are all the players going? Uh, who's joining you at Discmania? Um, are you? Do you have to chauffeur anyone in and out? We saw a few years ago, Big Rick with his, uh, you know, his helicopter ride and and all that other stuff. I mean, is there is there any um, schmoozing that you're having to do right now? Any any uh, new clientele coming in or anything of that nature? You know, as <clears throat> as much as I'd like to to talk about you know, what I know, it's, it's, it's not my place or, or the time for it. Obviously, I guess it is the time, you know, <laughs> shooting the shit with you boys at ten fifty nine on a Wednesday night. Uh, I mean, when else would it be to spill the beans, but no, it's, it's not my place. And I, you know, the, the off season chatter is fun aside from when, you know, you've got people that are in the know and, and, chirping about things which we Mm. you know we saw last year and it it makes i don't know the speculation is fun but you know when you got it you got people that uh are in the know and and pop off about it for you know for whatever reason i i take i don't know i don't think that's super classy yeah it's the hot stove it's an interesting topic for whatever sport it is and i realize Mm. that you know i don't know disc golf is a little it's 
we're we're different than the NFL. We're different than you know the MLB, where you, you have uh, you know organizations announcing things versus players and this and that. So it's it's not necessarily apples to apples. So I I don't love the the comparison when you know people say, well, you should you know spill the beans, tell everybody. Um, for for it, the information will come out when when it when it comes out, and uh, I guess. And the end of the day, uh, no, I haven't chauffeured anybody um, or uh, I haven't <laughs> or been run anyone over. I don't know what your job entails. I mean, maybe maybe you're, you got to put out a hit on someone. I anything is possible, I suppose. Can can I ask this? I I will. Uh, how f- is there frustration to read the rumor mill or hear of the rumor mill? when you know something is just absolutely inaccurate or and not correct and and you just kind of have to you as a company maybe have to just take it like how how frustrating is that does that happen to you guys when it comes to these conversations uh no no i think it's i i i especially like when people are posting wrong i don't know again it's it's part of the off season i understand and part of getting through these dark this you know these dark couple months gives you gives people something to do and you know myself included to to read Mm -hmm. and you know see what everybody's saying but no i i'm i'm fine with uh with the wrong wrong uh, assessments or or comments or predictions because uh that gives somebody on the other side to argue and then come back and say i told you so and uh, it's exciting for disc golf. Uh, okay. So if I I'll use this crazy example, I'm going to cut you off. Use this crazy example. Someone said, I heard Kristen Tatar was offered 10 million from disc mania for the next five years. And somebody comes back and says, no, she, and they type this out. No, she actually doesn't like disc mania and seven of the employees that work there. And she took 8 million to stay with latitude, like reading that wouldn't, even if it's just completely preposterous, like reading that or, or someone taking a dig at the company or, or fabricating something else, like none of that, 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 that doesn't irk you or the company, huh? I can't say that it, it wouldn't irk me. Uh, but you know, as for communicating with, with fans or correcting them or, there's a there's a way to do it and there's a, a person to do that and mm. I'd say typically that's that's not going to be me um, it would be someone from our uh, community community management management marketing team um, you know need to have a con- we have a consistent uh, message typically um, and, and that that comes from from those guys um, so yeah okay outright lies yes would would irk and in some cases, it's I think it's appropriate to respond um, in a you know an official capacity. Uh, however, that's typically not not going to be my. Well, I think I have the the right to if I wanted. I I won't. I typically won't. But like on Twitter just today or yesterday, someone was asking about comparisons. You know, like they had a Discmania question on one of those and. I, I chimed in just to clarify molds and, and this and that, but more some of that heavier stuff or, you know, 
let's say arguing that's that's the stuff that it doesn't it's not going to be a, a net positive for me or or the brand um so some of those fights are, are best just to stand on the sidelines others tag in are uh, you know the professionals that work at Discmania and, and let them let them handle it that's why i'm glad i don't have to uh worry about letting somebody else handle it I can just chime off and rattle <laughs> off on Twitter if I want. And, and honestly, at this point, there's nobody that can do anything about it other than me because I, I'm, I'm not really doing much with the Pro Tour, although I'm still involved a little bit, so I'm, I'm not too concerned about uh, uh, offending anybody there. Smashbox is our own thing. You know, I, there's, a, there's a, a, a parody account on Twitter that was uh, actually – kind of tagged you in on this most recently terry that was talking about how much you know the, the whole Kristen tatar and the player of the year and and who voted for her kind of went into how much you know this person went into how much Paige pierce doesn't like Kristen tatar mm. and and to me i'm okay with speculation i'm okay with that but when i chimed in with something along the lines of yeah, you don't really know what you're talking about. If you go watch the Champions Cup after Kristen Tatar wins, Paige Pierce was the one rallying a bunch of FPO to celebrate. She was in front, you know, applauding her during her award speech. Like, like I was basically saying, you don't know this person. Like, that's where I personally have a hard time stepping back sometimes when it becomes a personal attack on somebody, especially knowing, for me personally, knowing Paige the way I do, who's a champion for all FPO players. Um, that's one of those things where it's like I have a hard time, so I'm glad I don't have to worry about the I don't have to worry about Dana and and roll my eyes at somebody's uh, awful Twitter takes, um, and then just you know move on. But it's well, we've also we've also I was gonna say I've seen Dana mouth off on Twitter once or twice. <laughs> well, and what I what just to add on to that quickly, not just any time anyone defends anyone else. It's crazy how you become such a stan, as the kids say, yeah. right? You become such a stan for no matter who it is just because you defend anyone. And I feel like uh, on any given day, if I were to say something positive about Kristen or say something positive about uh, Paige or whomever, like just the the overall, the, the sharpening of the pitchforks are like, well, you said this once and you're such a stan for them. And it's like you can support a bunch of people at once and that's perfectly fine. And uh if anyone does something completely egregiously terrible or horrible or horrendous, uh, then my opinion of them may change. But just because you don't like them and I do, um, it, it just it's funny how we just I, I guess that's all of social media. It's just yeah. funny how we get need to feel this need to jump on them and then, you know, pile onto the bandwagon. Twitter sucks anyway. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah, that that's I've been I've been hanging out in the threads a little more. <laughs> Twitter algorithms have, have been as a former heavy Twitter user, it's 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 hard to to go on there. But I did see a, gosh, I saw a pile on T Dog there just oh, recently. Course. I think, yeah, of course. <laughs> Again, because I I uh, interjected a little bit of alternative thinking that is pretty logical and reasonable. Um, don't, but don't come throwing your logic into my yeah, argument. But don't go throwing that into it. And and then you know, um, as we know, often. Sometimes it's not uh, it, it does the size of your army is all that matters, right? And it doesn't have to. There has to be no other uh, factors to it, and that that's fine. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, 
I wish I could hold back more. And then like Johnny just said, sometimes it's just impossible to read things that are just so blatantly. That's that's one of my biggest challenges. And that's why I posed the question to you, Dana. That's one of my biggest challenges is sometimes being in the know of certain things. I'm not in the know of this whole voting thing, by the way. But being in the know of certain things, then to see people completely just... 100% have it wrong whether it's in a uh, in an interview or a podcast or a or on coverage or in a whatever or a just a hot take it drives me yeah. crazy i i just i i hate watching wrong information being so confidently spewed and it's funny cuz so i have no issue i have See, so i, I have so little crazy. issue with wrong information if someone wants to be wrong that's fine they can be ignorant it's when it comes to personal attacks. That's where I draw my line. I'm like, uh, I always feel obligated yeah. to kind of step in. It's like, no, you don't really know what you're talking you're such about. A stand for them, but uh, yeah, you know. All right, let's start a fight, Dana. Okay, no. Ooh, what uh, what, what yeah, does what, come in from the board though is uh, House of Disjoint Brands uh, competing for players can have a weird influence on the market overall, or do they work independently? Um, again, yeah, not to really entirely but i i I think almost everyone would agree on that wouldn't they right like it's things are different now if if somebody wants a player and they're shifting within a house of dis potentially brand that's got to work out for house of dis better right than it did say five years ago yeah i think i think in theory okay yeah it's, it seemed, I mean, I, so that is not my uh, specialty or where I focus any or much of my time on, on the team stuff. So I, I can't say for sure, but, you know, looking, looking at it, it, it could be that way. However, you know, disc mania, we are, we're still in, we still operate independently. You know, we're still the, st- different where the trill you know with trilogy they were already you know so connected mm-hmm. i'm not sure how i guess that's could that is that how it worked and yeah i don't know trilogy yeah. so connected i, I yeah well I no, guess that's we a good question would dd fight over probably. a uh dd and west side fight over a player well it was interesting maybe, because maybe for a while i mean dd was half was half owner of west side and then Latitude was half owner of Westside. Yeah. So Westside was kind of like a, a, a child brand for those two. And so you wouldn't. So though I don't know if that's necessarily. Still? No, I think it's all just House of Dis now. I don't think there's any like. I mean, maybe there's well, some sub ownership. I think there's got to be. I mean, as Dana's just saying there. I mean, there's but still separation. I think there's separation as far but as. did Westside get adopted? <laughs> no, I don't know if Westside got adopted or not. It's, <laughs> like, you would be the one to know, Terry. Do they, ah, damn it. do they look like an adopted person? <laughs> like me? Damn like it. Like you? Uh, no, that's a good question. And and speaking of which, uh, funny enough, uh, the gentleman from uh, uh, Dynamic Disc, we've talked about having him on the show, the new president, uh, and I, I feels like in the next week or two, that'd be a damn good time to have him. Not next week. We already hey. have maybe some plans next week. We'll see. Yeah. Are you I talking like about it. David? David, yeah. yeah. I got to meet him at USCGC. Yeah. Wonderful guy. Yeah. So uh, he yeah. maybe we can grill him about stuff. Yeah, I think that's that would be the more appropriate person to grill on on things like that. I'm I'm just a little guy down, down at the bottom. <laughs> so Dana, th- this is this is bigger question, and this is pie in the sky, just like you know with Madison and and maybe random sponsors. She is you know besides the sh- well, a chef. We're thinking big here. 
mm-hmm. do what are, what are your some of your bigger I don't want to say bigger what are your aspirations for your disc golf legacy? Uh, you've talked a lot about course design tonight. You've run tournaments. You have a background in in the uh, uh, wow park and rec management and development. You have that background. Uh, obviously, working intimately and being at Discmania as as this uh, I was going to call you an agent. What's the word I'm looking for? Manager of sorts. Uh, what else is on your bucket list? And that could be within the House of Discs, within Discmania, or it could be your retired bucket list when you're like, you know what? I've put in my time, but I still want to, you know, check this off the list when I'm 64. Yes. Yeah. I, th- <clears throat> I mean, I think like many disc golfers, I, I would love to have a course, my own course someday and property. Um, that would be great. Um, however, I, yeah, I've worn a lot of hats in disc golf and, mm-hmm. and still continue to do so. And so, you know, when you talk about legacy, I don't, I don't know if what I, what I do in any of those sectors or realms is, is enough to, uh, you know, move any needles or say, ah, yeah, that, but I'd, I'd like to just to continue to do what I do and do it at, at a high level and, and hopefully, you know, enjoy it and, and have, have a smile on my face and, uh, you know, continue to, uh, enjoy friendships that I've made over the years and, and meet, meet new friends. And, and hopefully in a long time from now, when it's all said and done, I'll, I'll have some, some sort of legacy, but to, to, uh, forecast or project what that might be for, for me, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, I can't say, uh, I don't know if that's a cop out of an no, answer, it's fair. but no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with, uh, living your best life and doing what you're doing and keeping on yeah. with that. So my only follow-up would be though, because you mentioned the property again, uh, you know, no, no holds barred here. Would Illinois be the location or is there another state that you you and Ashley think maybe yeah you know if we could get kids are or, gone forty or fifty or a hundred acres uh, where, where's the dream property let's hear that man and don't say Ashley I mean, the, <coughs> mount love love mountains and mountain golf um, love the the state of Michigan which maybe is a little bit more attainable or maybe look out to the the east coast uh, Vermont Maine where uh, just lovely part of the country. Uh, however, Illinois, I born and bred Illinois. It's what wouldn't go, couldn't go wrong. But, uh, if we're moving out of state, just to answer it, uh, let, let's say a, a Michigan, it's still, wow. still in the Midwest. Hey. Uh, Michigan's lo- love going up there. Uh, it's got some, got some good disc golf terrain. There's a heck of a disc golf scene up there. I think that, that would be something that's, uh, doable, not, not too far away either. From, yeah. I think you know, Michigan I is like, is a real, like it, it's a realistic approach because going out East is much harder to find larger plots of land that you could do something like that on. It's depending on where you are. I mean, I think there's a little bit of space in Georgia and such, but you would have to, as opposed to Michigan, which I think you could probably find larger swaths of undeveloped land in the Michigan area that you could build a course yeah. on. 
And that's, I mean, I think in, and I'll kind of go back in a perfect scenario, if I could find a, an incredible property in, in the greater Chicagoland area and put, you know, put something together there and disc all, you know, have something to be proud of in, in my home state where I've lived damn near my whole life, that would be, that would be pretty cool. And then you start talking about impacts and legacies, like do something there. That would be, be nice to bring something to Illinois, but yeah, Illinois, Michigan, Vermont, something like that. All right, peeps. He likes his, he, he's okay with the winters is, is what I'm hearing. He's okay with, uh, which I'm, I'm all about as well. I've got no problem with that. You barely here for winter. You, (laughs) (laughs) I'm great with winter. I only spend like a month in Arizona, two months in Thailand. Like, don't worry about it. Winter's great. I'm just saying like, you're not trying to run from, uh, the Midwestern weather or winters. I, I feel like the easier or, uh, the answer I was expecting would be a, uh, yeah, Georgia or North Carolina or somewhere, somewhere like that that would feature some mountains and some woods. But hey, I'd have thought be maybe, hardy and stay in maybe in Oregon, maybe. But okay, I like it. Man, I I love corn corn fields and bean fields too. Man, Illinois <laughs> is beautiful. I mean, I what they say. All right, I just I want to I want to run a glow tournament at your on your property. Fifty years. 40 years deal okay. deal t dog all right dana mike do you have any closing uh thoughts parting shots uh sponsors people you want to recognize thanks shout out whatever it might be before we let you go here tonight yeah of course uh we've got some some good friends and uh also they're a sponsor here locally delwood disc golf uh sean and sheila what they've done here uh, in, in the greater Joliet area is, is, is incredible. And, and their crew with uh, the doctor and, and others, Ryan Fancher. Uh, but yeah, that, that, the Delwood crew, they, they treat a, an old, an old disc golfer like me pretty good still. So appreciative of them. Uh, Johnny and Terry, I, it, this used to be a segment, uh, the big hug. Yeah. Do you guys remember oh, the yeah. big hugs? Yeah. Big hug. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think I think it would be appropriate to to end it here with a, a big old big hug for the two of you, Terry. I, I know today's a, a tough day for you. Love you, man. JVD, good to see you. Um, see you big as hugs well. to you guys. I, I appreciate uh, every, every now and then on a Tuesday, I'll get a random message from you <laughs> from you guys, seeing if I want to come on. And I uh, we had some fun times, and it's uh, fun to get back here and, and chit chat. I Wish I could, uh, you know, had the capacity to spill some uh, more, spill some beans or throw some shade and get them, get them talking. But this was, <laughs> this was perfect to, to hang out and stay up late. Tomorrow morning's going to, it's already almost here. Shoot, the kids are going to wake me up in about 90 minutes for their. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. But, well. Uh, Thank you guys. Big hugs to you. And then to the, the smashies new and old. It's good. Good to have you see me. Yeah. Well, you're, you're welcome. Anytime. Uh, we love having you love getting the catch up and it, understandably we, we know that there's only so much you can talk about with, uh, within regard to your position and all the hard work that you guys do over there. But, uh, thanks. Uh, I, I was thinking earlier, does he have to like 
you signed off on on going on media. Hope we didn't get you in any trouble. You didn't say anything too bad, so <laughs> you should you should be fine. Everyone, that is Dana Mite, Dana Vichy. Uh, again, always welcome. We love you, buddy. Thanks for all the hard work that you keep doing. Like you said, you're behind the scenes, but yet uh, involved in so many capacities, wearing so many hats. And uh, disc golf's better because we have you along for the ride. So we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, boys. Take care. All right. Have a good, good night. night. See ya. Dana. That is future Illinois Hall of Famer. <laughs> yes. Dana Vichy. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident in that. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there, there would be something wrong if somehow Dana Mites not uh, eventually put there. So yeah, with the number of, with the number of courses he's put in, with the stuff he's done with Discmania, with being one of the first Pro Tour employees, you know, working with uh, Zoe and Dustin and Paul Oman, traveling around with the tour, being you know a significant touring pro for a few years as well. Uh, Dana, I think Dana's earned his spot in wherever wherever that Illinois Hall of Fame is. My heart. Wow. And and somehow he's usually nice. I know. Like, he, I got through at, the... At in- that stage, you should be like bitter and pissed off like I no. can be. No, Dana, Dana <laughs> I, stays nice. And we got through an entire segment with him without once making fun of Joliet. I know. <laughs> I thought about it <laughs> we'll twice. to make up for it in the after show <laughs> uh, somehow or another. I don't know. Maybe we won't have an after show tonight. Oh, okay. There is a little bit of news we kind of hinted at uh, as far as earlier in the show when I jokingly brought Dana on talking about the PDGA executive director, Joe Chargaloff, is retiring after seven years of service. Just when I learned to spell his name, I took know. me took me seven years, but we got it. Um, it was announced on Friday that uh, that Joe is going to be leaving his PDGA position as the executive director, um, and that they're maybe looking to hire from within. Is kind of what they had talked about, mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of. Uh, I don't actually. I don't even know if there's a lot of speculation or options. Uh, obviously, sure. I think Doug Bjorkis comes to mind if we want to throw out a name, just because Doug has some experience being uh, head of Dynamic Discs and then moving to the PDGA. You know, behind the scenes, this could have been all foreseen, depending on when Joe had made this announcement privately. But we got publicly uh, announced on Friday some some of his quote unquote stats. If you want to bring him up is that he increased total active PDGA members from 41,000 to over 135,000. Obviously him being the executive director during COVID during COVID obviously helped. He wasn't out there signing up individual players. I don't believe, but I'm sure he was, uh, he, he definitely helped steer the ship. Maybe more importantly, got us through got us through COVID some, the rough times. Anyone yeah. that was you know mm-hmm. performed in a leadership because, role, yeah. I think it says a lot as to how things progressed throughout COVID and trying to just navigate your way through it. Because we really remember COVID as being a big disc golf boom, but what tends to get overlooked was the first two to three months of COVID. The PDGA was doing layoffs. Yeah, they were or. or I don't know if they considered them layoffs or if they were furloughs or whatever they were doing. Like it was scary for a little while because we didn't know what was coming. And so he was the head during that time. And he kept us moving in clearly what was the right direction. And a lot of these stats are due to him, you know, 3,500 events in 2017. Now we're doing over 10,000 
increased the PDGA revenue from 3.6 million to 10 million. Um, the staff is was 11. Now it's 40. And just in general, Joe has been a very quiet executive director. I would say he's never one to be in front of the camera. We've never had him on the show. Yeah. We, I remember we, talking to him. That- we asked him multiple times when he first came on, like, Hey, let's get you on. Let's get you on. Let's talk to you. Let's talk to you. And he was always like, yeah, maybe we can do that. We can do that. And just, it never ended up happening. So maybe when he, maybe when he finally signs off, no, oh, then well, he's going to spill the tea. He's, gonna, he's, he's definitely going to spill. I was going to say spill the beans, but that wouldn't work for Madison Walker. Nope. nope. So he's going to spill the tea. Um, but Joe Chargoloff, Thank you very much for your your time and your service for the PDGA. It's a thankless job, we all know. So, yeah, and I think one of the other components there is, again, it's a little more in the details, but it was in the weeds, so to speak, was the seeing the national tour, and then the pro tour, mm-hmm. and then seeing eventually a merger, and then the pro tour going on to eventually be you know the official tour, the official pro tour of the of the PDGA, just like overseeing and then ultimately being at the head of all of those conversations as well, knowing uh, none of that merger, none of those uh, support mechanisms would have taken place without either direct involvement and or approval and sign off and, Mm -hmm. and collaboration with the board with everyone. Yeah. With all those people involved and the fact that he was, uh, you know, the, the front runner in all of those or the leader in charge of all of that. So, uh, and Joe, before he took a job at the PDGA, seven years ago, said he was uh, also even listening here as a smashy. Oh. Uh, so, I mean, for that, he earned our eternal. That's why he actually got to be an executive director. You yeah, can't just, be executive we... <laughs> director if you don't listen to the podcast. So, uh, Doug, Bier- Doug Bierkus, if you're, uh, if you're fixing for that seat, you better be all listened up. And I don't, I mean, obviously, we don't know necessarily if it's Doug. I really do hope that, I know they're, again, that you can read the article on pdga.com. Um, I do kind of hope that they maybe open it up and look outside of the current people we have now. Now, I, I think if there is a, a... Ouch, that's some low-key shade at Doug. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. I just, if Doug is, we'll just, and again, we don't even know if Doug wants the job. No, um, just but totally speculating. Just totally speculating. Um, if Doug is the right guy or someone inside the PDGA, they know is a surefire, this is the person we want to to head us up for the next seven years or whatever that number is. Then by all means, but Joe came from outside of the PDGA at the time. Before that was Brian Graham, and we had Guru. Brian Graham didn't work for the PDGA. He was a tournament director. He was local to the uh, Augusta area, was involved a lot locally. Guru has kind of just been around. I don't, God, been around forever. I don't even know how he kind of came into the position. That was before my time, even. Um, but. Ultimately, it would be nice to have them open it up and just see what we can draw these days. Just just don't limit our options for executive director and see what happens. Now, again, they might have somebody, the board of directors might have somebody that they've already agreed to. They've already lined up. It says here, Joe will stay on um, for a period of time as a consultant to help assist with the next executive director. So that's that's phenomenal. You know, you got to know where to put your feet up on the desk because mm-hmm. you can't, you know, it's not just anywhere. Cause I'm sure there's a specific spot where the sun doesn't shine in your eyes and you know, you got to know all the secrets. You don't want to be traipsing in any of those, uh, 
yep. uh, beetles around in that's the wrong right. place out there, that's, the IDGC. That's true. I mean, the, These are valid concerns. You have to know where the best place for an executive director to go to lunch is. Mm-hmm. That's important. So hopefully mm-hmm. Joe can, can help point that direction as well. I don't know what else Joe does other than lunch and put his feet up. So <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No wonder he's getting fired. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I know. That guy, what has he done? Uh, <laughs> so Silly. Yep. Uh, the only other news, there was some information that was kind of, uh, we talked about touring cards mm. earlier, pro tour cards. There's a list of players here that um, from last year to this year that are changing, people that are not renewing their tour card. Uh, over on MPO, we see Kale LaVisca, Grady Shue, uh, GT Hancock, John Willis, Jordan Castro, Justin Rozak, Newt Holland, Logan Harpool, Max uh, Regetnig. Nate Perkins, Noah Fiveash, Noah Mainzma, Scotty Withers, Zach Melton, and Zachariah Johnson. Do any of those players surprise you as people yes. who are not renewing their their tour card? That's not to say they're not going to play in pro tour events. Correct. But it's just my, that they're not getting the tour card. For sure. My biggest surprise out of all of them is Zach Melton. Okay. Uh, Kale, I understand he's with the endeavors he's in. I'm not going to go through every player, but Kale, I understand Grady and, and, uh, Paige, I'm sure are discussing childcare and, and obligations and just the logistics of it. I know Jordan's figuring some stuff out in his personal life and, and going to be playing more, but not necessarily as hard. Logan made a public post saying he's not playing, you know, uh, Canute talked about, you know, I mean, he's from, uh, Norway. So understandably. So a lot of these, like a lot of them. Uh, Nate Perkins is a great example. I think we're just going to see him more in a media role. So a lot of them like jump out as obvious, like I understand it and I either know why or I understand why. Zach Melton, who had a little bit of a slower season this year and largely due to injury. I was going to say, yeah, he's been kind of plagued with some injuries. Uh, I, I, that's He just seems like the type that's out there no matter what the, no matter the circumstance. And so I'm I'm a little surprised to see that. Um, that he's not that he did not renew it. Okay. Um. So yeah, when I think of surprises, um, yeah, he's the one that jumps out. And then we've got new MPO tour card holders: Aiden Scott, Braden Sides, Carter Aarons, Clay Edwards, Connor Rock, Jake Wolf, uh, Yessi Niemannen, uh, Joseph Anderson, Joey Buckets, as we know him, uh, Mason Marsh, Marsh Banks, Nate Hacker, Parker Welk. Paul Cran, Silverlot, Sullivan Tipton, uh, Tomas Heinen, sorry, Tomas, um, Zach Arlinghouse, and Zach Nash. Uh, none of these people surprise me as far as new tour card holders. That, that's kind of a thing. Like, congratulations, you. Most of these people are relatively young, yeah. other than Silver. Not that he's old, but I was actually kind of surprised maybe Silver didn't have his card already. But it didn't. It never crossed my mind, and it makes sense for him because he'll be over here with. Kristen. Yeah, whereas so. last year I, he just didn't travel over here Correct. as much, so that's why it made more sense that he didn't. Yep. Um and that would okay. And then And then um, we're going to move over to FPL players. FPL players not renewing their card is Ellen Widboom, uh Katie Tate, Sayananda, Sarah Gilpin, and Stephanie Vincent. Now, hmm. granted, I'm going to say these are players that have not renewed. Maybe so let me be clear with that. There is probably still there is more than likely still a chance that maybe they could renew. But this is what the current thing is. So I don't know if there's an expiration date where they had to have renewed by a certain date. Uh, I, I don't have that information in front of me. But I would say the 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 one player that really surprises me is Sayananda. 
Yeah. And I don't know what her plans are for the future. She really, she toured most of the year, but she did take a significant two month break in the middle of the year, uh, to work things out. And she, she won a silver event. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a feeling and I don't know for sure, but I hope to see her back on tour because I think she is one of those young upcoming stars. She had a very disappointing end to her season. Um, but that is maybe to be expected from a first year touring player who really is out on the road for a majority of the, of the again, majority of the tour. She took a two month break, but that it takes a while. Again, I'll use the example of, uh, uh, oh my God, the MPL player, uh, <laughs> who played poorly last year and did really well this year. James, uh, Proctor. Proctor thank you. God, it, could, it literally just couldn't come out of my mouth. Um, James Proctor, who did the same thing. He had a, a, a poor first season touring. That second season, he found his groove. He's obviously played very well this year. So um, Ellen Widmoob doesn't surprise me. Katie Tate, I, it all depends. If if there's a much more uh, financially lucrative, lucrative yeah. European Appealing, tour, yeah. that would make sense. So I'm not, that's not shocking. Sarah Gilpin, on and off. Stephanie Vincent doesn't really surprise me if they're not renewing. So, but we have some new tour card holders as well. Alexis Kerman, Aria Castorita, Caden Spurge. Aria Castorita surprised me that she wasn't a tour card because I think she qualified when she mm. won um, the, the, US, NADGT. the NADGT. So maybe she just did and then didn't get it. Uh, Chantel Budzinski, uh, Eliezra Middling, which is, I'm glad I spelt it because I think they spelt it wrong yeah, on here. <laughs> so uh, in, in this particular list, uh, Natalie Ryan, Nina Guerrero, and Rachel Turton. So those are the those are new tour card holders. Yeah, um, yeah it was just kind of interesting because when you scroll up on this particular list, just it jumped out at me mm-hmm. that oh, I'm sorry, scroll down. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I, I, I guess I was just confused about something. Uh, never mind. Okay, well, yeah, I guess we'll see. And like you said, uh, I I don't know if the, if there's a deadline that's come and gone already, uh, possibly, or where mm-hmm. oh this window was open. Maybe this is kind of officially what we're gonna see. Um, but, uh, same thing. A few of those names don't surprise me. Uh, and I know I saw Ellen just a few weeks ago at the Chainhawk open. Uh, and I think she's just kind of taking a different look at what she wants to do, what she wants to accomplish, what, where disc golf is in her life and her career. Well, I mean, at the moment she's, uh, you know, we love Ellen Woodboom here, but she's not really competitive in the FPO field on tour. She, she's much more competitive in the. FP40 field. Right? She's playing FP40. She qualified this year. Did she? I think this was her first I'm year. I'm not saying that. Hey, I'm going to feel so bad now, Terry. <laughs> I, I think you should start feeling bad. Uh, she, uh, I, I thought she played Pro Masters this year at an event no. or two. Oh, I'm going to be awful if, uh, if that's the case. Uh, um, but anyway, she's just, uh, like it or not, she she she's not super competitive, and that might be because she she isn't doing it as much, or it might be because, like you said, she's finding a different path on the tour. Well, and I think that's a yeah. I think she uh, is finding other things within life that she's um, concerned with, where disc golf is not maybe uh, remains her number one priority. You know, kind of similar to what we could indirectly maybe take out of uh, what Madison Walker was saying there uh, for a moment as well. So. Um, Damn it! I'm wrong. She did not play any. F- no, she didn't. FP, she she, FP she might. I, 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 this isn't much better than you. She might be eligible next year. I don't know that for a fact. She might be eligible next okay. year 
for I'm sorry, Ellen. Um, <laughs> her scissors going to kick your ass, though. I've uh, oh, I, I yeah, Sarah's. that's not hard. Let's be <laughs> that's honest. True. Uh, we uh, so. along with these notes and the tour cards that were purchased and talked about and everything else, we see that uh, and this kind of goes hand in hand that uh, I saw a headline that stated that the Natalie Ryan lawsuit against the PDGA has been dismissed with prejudice. Which means it can be refiled. No, or, opposite. Oh, without. Oh, with prejudice. Yes. Okay. So meaning that that cannot be refiled. Uh, In which state? Uh, that That is a Because good obviously question. we had the California yeah. and we also had Minnesota. Uh, and I, I clearly, neither of us are going to be able to speak to this to a nope. great length because it was literally a headline I saw just before we started the show. But... Um, okay. I could have swore I saw it posted. I saw it just posted earlier today. And now, of course, I can't find. Shoot. I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I don't know where. Uh, That's so funny. Why did I see it earlier? It's not where I thought it was. But that's what I saw. Uh, I'm sure Disc Golf Law We'll have a full breakdown for you guys. We're not even going to pretend uh, to get into the details or know them because we don't. I'm a lawyer. I just know that I saw uh, I saw a post earlier today. Now, for all we know, in this current day and age where people think the earth is flat, for all I know, it was a completely uh, photoshopped image. But I did see a headline stating that uh, it had been dismissed with prejudice. So take that for what you have, for what you will. Great. Okay, Ray on the board, and somebody else is saying California. Okay, the California one then. So what that means in the big picture, I don't know. I'm not going to postulate. I have no idea. Um, In this case, simply reporting reporting what I think were facts. (laughs) (laughs) Which is new for us. We're not used Uh, to that. (laughs) Yeah, all right. So you're saying we're not going to do a... uh, Oh, I don't know. We can. uh, No, we don't have to. We can wrap up the show. If if we want to just wrap up the show and call it a night, the only other thing I'd throw in there... Uh, someone, it's kind of almost after showy, is someone reached out to me today uh, with what I thought was a pretty clever idea, uh, of course. Um, they asked, after seeing some local coverage of the cold turkey, they had asked about the idea of, would I entertain coming to film him and his buddies playing and then give it the full edit and treatment? For the right amount, that'd be fun. And that's And he said that, like, what would that cost? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Depends on where it is. Um, yeah, where it is. Obviously, am I traveling to it? Uh, what kind of obligations in that sense would I have? That could be a really cool birthday gift. Uh, well, and, Or and, like a bachelor party gift. Like, hey, we're going out, but like five or six guys are going out for a round. So-and-so's getting married. We're going to have the disc golf guy come and do the full commentary on our, you know, yeah. bring a cameraman. and uh, uh, Five or six gets to be a bit much unless you're playing doubles. We got to think about edits and graphics. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Terry, for the right amount, uh, you'll do anything. And, and that's honestly what I said, though, is like we'd have to like obviously work out details and think about those types of things. Because no, I I'll be honest. I do, I don't want to go film you with six buddies uh, and have a fully edited round in that sense uh, of very non professional play. Now, there's a lot of different ways you can skin a cat, so to speak, and a lot of different ways we could accomplish uh, some really cool thing. And and then at the end of the day, do, do you want this published on my channel? Are you are you trying to show it off to the world? Maybe it's or a do you just want thing. it sent to you? Yeah. Uh, and you guys always have it with you and your buddies. Long story short, I like the idea. I would entertain that. Now, of course, I've done 
demos and clinics and and I've met bachelor parties that were 20 guys deep that said hey uh they they each got a disc they got a quick demo and then we went out and played around together that was many years ago I've done a couple things of that nature I think that's a no-brainer that's super easy the idea of filming you know just four guys that want to play their round and then give it the full like edited treatment I like it again if I'm going to personally be involved in doing the editing, or I'm sorry, the filming and the interaction, it's going to be really tough if it's a weekend. I just simply don't have a lot of weekends available. Could it get worked out that it's on a Monday somewhere, or are is it on a tour stop? Um, yeah, I I love all of it. So the short answer is I'm certainly open to the idea. I don't. <laughs> here's the problem. I could edit 18 holes. We'll say at the Big Arm Challenge or at the Chainhawk Open with four of the better players in the region or in the world, editing 18 holes of not-so-great golfers, like, that's no less work. <laughs> it's more, in fact. Yeah, there's more shots. There's more shots. There's more to be concerned with. Um, there's definitely not going to be a lot of viewership from a YouTube perspective. I don't think that's what someone would look for. Though. Correct. I don't that, I, that. I, uh, so there's factors. The point is, I'm doing as much work, whether you're the four best players in the state or you're the four worst players in the state. There's still a lot of energy and effort that goes into it. But it, um, as a concept, as an idea, and you want like disc golf guy graphics, and maybe I may, we can make up some funny transitions in between the holes. It could be done. It it won't can, be dirt cheap, but it won't be. Can, but can you get Ricky to commentate too? I'm. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's for, that's the upcharge. There you go. There you go. That's yeah. I there's... get Rick or uh, or any one of our incredible uh, golfers to also, um, also come in and do the commentary. That could be fun. Someone or just like you know Brian Earhart or sure. like a you know Nate Doss or something like just sitting and you know like I said about Ricky, maybe give him a little bit of a raz round. Give him. You know, oh, so, you know, so-and-so. And if for the extra amount, Terry's nice to you and mean to all your friends. <laughs> yeah. So Terry's like, yeah. oh, that was clearly I the I cut wind. out a few of your shots, <laughs> so it looks like you're birdieing <laughs> Well, your buddies are taking double bogeys. Yeah. Like, oh, clearly the wind affected his disc. But, you know, Joe Schmo here just straight up yanked it. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all well, right. Well, Terry, we have a Patreon giveaway tonight. Yeah, we do. Uh, Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV for as little as a dollar a month. You can be eligible for our giveaway. You can also sign up at uh, Smashbox.tv slash Weekly Giveaways if you don't want to. If you want to be a cheapskate, not pay us to automatically have your name put in. We have 136 people eligible for our giveaway tonight. Once again, that's Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. You know we love you more if you're on this list. Yes. What are we just going to give away? Like just a disc? I've got some. I got some stuff to give away. I've got. got, I I continue to. I'm not saying we're entirely ramping up for it, but the more I think about Samui and Thailand, and I've got some pretty sweet Samui discs. I've got if that is particular brand uh, that I have isn't your cup of tea. Oftentimes, when I write, if we don't have something specifically laid out, I'll write and say. Uh, shirt size and or general disc preference uh, brand. And I do my best to fill it to that order. Doesn't always happen. Or some weeks we have very specific things that we're you're getting no matter what. But yeah, if I email you, I'll often ask shirt size and or uh, favorite brand or two, and then I'll usually be able to pull from there. So Great. We, uh, we, we like to make you as happy as we can. 
Oh, that's awesome, Terry. But no promises at the same time. <laughs> uh, there's like, an attempt. Much like a date with either of us. Yes, there's an attempt. <laughs> there's an attempt to make you happy. There is we no can't satisfaction promise. guarantee. We can't promise anything. None whatsoever. All right. 136 people are eligible for our giveaway tonight, Terry. What number do we want to draw? Hmm. That's a good question. We do this every week. For the people that maybe don't listen to the after show, they're, they're getting this in the regular yeah. show tonight. We do this every week. Every single week. We, we have give away giveaway. something. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Uh, let's go with uh, third. Our third number drawn. So there are the number. the names are sorted alphabetically by first name. So first number is 22. Second number is 112. Our third and final number, which will determine who our winner is on my list, is 70. Ooh, right in the middle. Right in the middle. And so as Johnny 70. preps that up, I want to shout out another special number. Ryan Schwaberger, 390, takes down another win this last weekend, he tells us. So congratulations. He's got 390th win, 15. winning the Reindeer Games Invitational. He's got 15 weeks. To win 10 events. To see who beats us to the 500 Ooh, yeah. versus the 300 or what, the 400 or whatever he's going for. Yeah, Schweb, we, he's got, you would obviously him. have to not only be a guest, you may have to host that night. You just, it would be the Schwebby Smashbox show. It probably just will. Just you. If you could line it up on 500. Now, and to be fair, there may even be, you may even get an extension on our end, may or may not, uh, depending on travels uh, over the next few months. Uh, maybe you no. with me. Okay. Yeah, Schweb, get at it. You, uh, you're you going to need to make up some ground there, buddy. So our winner, which was our number 70, turns out to be John Carlson. Congratulations, John Carlson. John Carlson. Oh, how appropriate. Seemingly out of Illinois. Oh, yes. Same land as... John uh, Carlson from... Hampshire, Illinois, we would say. I wouldn't go there. That's as far as I'm going. I'm not going to tell you he lives on uh, what street he lives on. (laughs) Same as uh, our previous guest in Dana Vici in coming out of Illinois. So, John, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. And speaking of uh, Johns. That's me. Yeah, not you. Oh, You're not the important one here. I'm important sometimes. Uh, Not here. John, uh, John Richardson, some of you may or may not know, uh, with Upper Park, and I, I all a tie because Madison thanked her sponsor, Upper Park, earlier. John uh, tied together with Upper Park. Let's put it that way. So happy birthday to him. I thought I'd get that shout-out in there. Okay. It's today. So, John, Upper Park, I mean, it all fits. It, it makes sense. It I will tie it together one way or another. Oh, wait, Way to go. All right. Well, with that, I guess the only main remaining question next next week, we plan to see you guys here. Johnny? I plan on being here. I, I believe my Christmas schedule looks like uh, Door County for the weekend. Christmas is on what, Monday? Mm, that would make that sounds sense. sounds right. The 25th, yeah. six days from now. Yeah, it'd be on Monday. So, well, unless today's. Yep, no, no. We, yep we're still on Tuesday. So, we'll, hit, Ap- would be the we'll hit Appleton on Monday for Christmas, visit with my family, and come down here Monday night. So, Tuesday, I will be here. And we might even already have something lined up for next week. I've, uh, I've, I've, may or I, may not be a regular show. You're saying to close I, out the year. I'm just, I'm just saying there might not be a lot of news that happens over the holidays, or maybe there is, and we don't know yet. But uh, I've already reached out to one, uh, one or two people to come on for a special show. Wow, that's how we we'll close yeah. out potentially uh, yeah, twenty so twenty three. Next week could be a lot of fun. 
Or not. Could suck. Could suck. I don't know. I mean, Johnny <laughs> I doubt it, pressing though. the buttons. Uh, one last time, thank you so much to our incredible guests in having Madison Walker along with Dana Mite, Dana Vici join us. Thank you to both of you guys for joining us. Thank you to all of you that tune in all so often, almost every single week and then some. And then the thousands of you that also download it and play it in your player. There will be no after show. That, that's a uh, that's a Johnny V call. So uh, well, we've almost gone all right. Our, I know our full yeah, three hours. Yeah. At him if you're looking for it. For Johnny V, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. That's Smashbox TV's podcast 485. Have a great Christmas and any other holiday you may celebrate. We'll see you next week when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashboxtv.